Yo, people always ask me what kind of frames I'm rocking. I've been rocking Caddis for a couple years. They make amazing progressive readers, which I wear. Also, they make sunglass readers, anti-glare, anti-smudge coating, anti-scratch, and anti-aging. That's why I look mad young when I wear them. I'm just kidding. Um, but they make amazing frames. Caddis, so stoked to have you guys part of the podcast. You can go to caddislife.com slash Toby10 and get $10 off your first purchase. Stoked. Thank you, Caddis. Welcome to the fam. Yo, yo, Liquid Death. Thank you so much for hydrating all my guests taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water. Love your brand. Love what you stand for. Love you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. They have now blessed me with my own code. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Check, check. Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. Today, I have a very special guest in my kitchen. We've been trying to do this for almost a year, maybe even longer. No thanks to the pandemic. But uh, thank you for being there, Mr. Christian Jacobs. Hey. Thanks yeah, Toby, here. what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> we finally did it. We've been talking so long about this uh, true it's true trying to make it happen I, ca I can't even remember when we first started talking about it probably back when we were in the midst of my podcast because yeah. we, we wanted to have you on because our my podcast was world's best dad and i was yeah. doing, doing it with my buddy jimmy my skate pal from teenage skate years jimmy Arigi. where'd you do that at, um, that at? we we did it all over because um we, we, we wanted to get fancy and I mean, we had plans, like we had some plans. Okay. Yeah. 2018, we came up with a plan, <laughs> took a year to get it around, but Jimmy bought this old, um, school bus, like a, cool. a, a short bus and he converted the inside of it into a podcast studio. So we drove around like we would, That's you know, cool. rather Mobile. than making people come to us, we would go to them. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. Pre-pandemic. And then of course the pandemic hit. And that was right when we started, we started our first interviews like January, February, 2020. Okay. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like, nobody wanted to hang out anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Getting people into a small confined space was a hard, hard thing. And then it just kind of got harder and harder. And, and then in, at the end of, of uh, 2020, I moved out of state mm. and that, that was like, that was super emotional and hard. Where'd you and go? I moved to Southern Utah. So like oh, wow. St. George area, like right by Zion's National Park. How I, long did you live there for? Uh, I still live. I'm still living there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's why it's been real oh, hard. Oh, I thought you yeah. lived like in Cali somewhere and you were just coming back and forth. No, and no. Wow. I've, I've been driving like six hour drives back and forth. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. It's been gnarly. It's been really gnarly. And It's only six hours to Utah? Uh, Yeah. So, oh, okay. so it's, it's just almost two hours past, uh, Vegas. North. Okay. Just, and it's right on the border. So, yeah. you know, I could leave my house at like six in the morning, seven in the morning and be here by noon. It's not that, it's not that bad. Wow. And it's a straight, it's a pretty straight shot. It's yeah, not like, you, yeah. like you're going, you know, winding around. You don't mind or, driving? I, you know, I don't, I don't love it, but being in a band, you know, you're True. just like, that's kind of a hop, skip and a jump, you know? Yeah. Hey, we got a show six hours away. Like, yeah. oh, okay. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Right? And you love Utah? Um, I like it a lot now. I, I've, you know, I grew up in California. I'm a California dude. I like, I like surfing and skateboarding and 
it's been a little hard, but being in the high desert, it doesn't really snow a lot. I mm-hmm. mean, it snowed twice in 2020. It didn't snow at all last year. That's and, cool. Um, it's not that cold. It's it's really hot in the summertime, but there's a lot to do. Um, you know, Brandon uh, Steinecker yeah, yeah, Rancid, from yeah. Rancid, he lives out there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. He's like 10 minutes from my house. He makes it look so cool, like all the stuff he does yeah. and the sand and all that oh, stuff. Oh, there's so much to do out there. And the only thing they don't have is ocean. Yeah, you, know? you snowboard? Uh, I do, but I haven't gone in a long time. Okay. And there's a place called uh, Brian Head that's about an hour away from our spot. That's not very crowded, but the wa- the snow is the waves. The waves are killer. <laughs> <laughs> the snow is really good, uh, but I, you know, I don't. I haven't gone that much. I, you, I, you know, as you get older, it like it's a process. Totally, like, snowboarding is a process. It's like you. He's get, getting all the gear and getting it all on. Just everything, yeah. man. And we and it was funny because. 2020 rolls around the pandemic no work we had three months of tour cancel i mean it was gnarly and yeah we i didn't know what to do and we've been saving to buy a house in huntington you know we're in the huntington area yeah forever and prices are just getting crazier it's like you're in quicksand all it the is, time man. you know no uh new york bands uh, pun intended but you, you, know, <laughs> you, you know what Great i mean band. <laughs> oh yeah um, Walter's a rad guy. He is, dude. And um, we just had to make a decision. And and I have a business partner that lives there in St. George. And uh, we shot some stuff there. And I'm like, it's really nice there. It's cheap. Let's yeah. just go for it. So we went and, and we've been hiding out. And, and uh, you know, my kids are pretty into sports, my two younger boys. And that was another thing. California was so shut down. And mm-hmm. it's like. I know, um, man. They, they, it seemed like th- there was a little bit more of a like. I don't know. I don't want to get too crazy with my <laughs> statement, but they were a little more open about it. Like, yeah, if you're totally, sick, yeah. go home from school. Totally. And and if you Cali get real strict, it's true. A lot of people left California, and, and then like sports too it was like no one, you know, kids could play. Yeah. And so my my kids got back into sports there. And, I, and anyway, I can't was it pretty open when you got there? Pretty open. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was still. You know masks here and there yeah but. but i think about like us being in bands and that's what we do we travel and we always doing stuff like that but then we think about our kids too that like have to socialize and be in school just all that stuff must be so much even maybe harder on them you know oh my gosh i can't i can't really even imagine what it must be like because we grew up totally different than our kids are growing up yeah now. and especially with the pandemic and i think you know max being your son yeah being his age he totally dodged a bullet, I think, with this pandemic. Yeah, he graduated online. That was the only sucky thing, but yeah. Yeah, my oldest son did. Did your did he graduate in twenty twenty or? Yeah, yeah. Same with my son. <laughs> so my son Oscar and your son Max are the same age. Same age, yeah. Which that is, was kind of weird. The graduating online. We, we had a ceremony, but it was like only a couple people. Only me and my wife could go. Not not his grandmother. She stood outside the fence. She looked through the fence when he got his diploma. <laughs> I know they did this thing at uh, Oscar's <laughs> high school. Where it was like a, um, it was uh, you drove in, and then you had stations, and you got out and like shook the hand of a teacher and got back in the car, and then like wow man, and then you drove up and got your diploma, and we took a picture from the car. 
So it was like a Bro. like a drive through. It was so great. <laughs> it was actually really good. That's pretty sick though. Because my older daughter, she graduated, and the ceremony was like three hour ceremony, Dang. and it was like in the sun, and we were dying, and we we're like, this this kind of sucks. Just <laughs> yeah. give her the diploma. Let's That's get pretty out quick. Of here. So you drive through. Oh, it was drive through. Was so good. It was like Burger King graduation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, drive through. I, I love Utah when I visit though. The air is really nice. Um, it just seems beautiful. The mountains, just everything, man. Yeah, we didn't want to go north because it's just. Uh, I've done stuff up there. My my parents are from there, and so, and we shot some stuff there. Yeah. And in the winter time, from like November to, like February, there's the sun doesn't come out. It's just like ah. constantly overcast, and I I just being from here, I can't Dude. I can't do it. I have to, the, the sun has to be around it me. It made me so sad probably. At all least that, once yeah. a week, you know? Yeah, I was so spoiled, man. I, it is super, super spoiled here for sure. So we moved to the south where it doesn't snow very much and it's, it gets hot in the summer, but whatever. Just, yeah. Just don't, don't go outside between <laughs> like one and three. You do know? you miss California? I, lo- I, I do. I do. I miss it. You know, there's certain things I, I I don't miss about it, which is what everyone else wouldn't miss, you know? Yeah. Traffic and the weirdness and just, it's just gotten kind of weird, you know? Yeah. And um, it it's really just has. so sad. Like the, the homeless problem is just it's out, insane, of, it's out of control. And it's insane. I don't know. I don't know what to do. You want to help people. I mean, even just here, you know, uh, driving here, it was... You know, I, I can see it. I gave a lady a couple dollars. Yeah, she came up to my window, and I was. It's cool, that's cool. But then it's just like when you see a, a massive amount of people. Yeah, it, it just something's wrong. Like what is wrong? You it's know? true. Anyway, I didn't want to bring up negative. No, stuff. it's no, it's true though. But I lived in this house eighteen years, and like two weeks ago, I came out in the morning with my wife, and there was a homeless lady in my yard, and she had hung a bag, a plastic bag, on my on my fence. And then I was like, hey, and then she ran out and we grabbed the bag. It was like all like steak. Looks like she stole it from the grocery store. So I looked, went looking for her, but she ran down the alley, but I left in the alley for her. And I don't know if she came back and got it, but that was the first time ever somebody coming on a property. It's kind of freak you out, right? Yeah, it yeah. was tripped out. It was. Yeah. And yeah. but I gave her the food, but I don't know. It was that was just really interesting. First time ever though. Right. And it wasn't like you were like trying to get violent with her or anything. No, You're just no. like, well, hey, what's going on? And yeah, she was like, freaked out and ran away. Yeah, because right? she's in my yard, though, but that's the first time ever. Yeah, that's that's a trip. It is a trip. There's a lot of things changing. I Hopefully, we're going to get better sooner than later. It's going to get worse to get better, I guess. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I, sadly, I think that's kind of how things go, right? If yeah. See, whether if we're sick as a person, you have to go through that releasing of the toxins to totally. get better, right? Yeah. And so I think as kind of a society in a way, like civilization. Yeah. <laughs> we're releasing some toxins. I mean, it's right? almost what the lockdown kind of was too. It was almost like just a reality and a wake up call to the world, I guess too. Even people say like mother nature gave us a time out, you know, right. Or something. I don't know, man. It was pretty crazy, man. Right. And it, it asked a lot of questions about, uh, of all of us, like how are we going to handle things? How are we going to handle this? How are we going to come together? Are we going to yeah. freak out and, you know, yeah, and it's still it's there's still scars, you know, from it. Like, For sure, man. Uh, emotional scars, and it seems like things are starting to happen. Like the the tours, is everything. Hopefully, like I just can't get excited about it. If I see my dates that I've been waiting to play for two years, I'm not gonna get excited until it actually happens. <laughs> until I'm there, you know. 100%. What I mean, I'm scared to book a flight. To be 100%. honest, hundred percent. We we had a show on Friday, this Friday, this okay. week. That's why I'm down here. Okay. 
and uh, and it got it just got canceled. Like no real good reason. Yeah, just because there's happened. no more mandates in right now. So a lot, a lot of things are open, but yeah, there is a lot of. Yeah, it's interesting. Like man. in your years of playing shows, and you have a one-off, right? In in your years of playing shows, how often has a show canceled three days out from the show? Maybe never. Maybe never. Once. Yeah. Right. No. Maybe once. Yeah. Right. And how many times have we canceled the show? Never. Really. Yeah. Maybe once or twice in our twenty-five years of playing. But yeah, there was this thing that happened to us where we had a show booked for two years. We finally played it, and then as two years passed. So many people, so many people's lives changed. So there was a lot of no shows. There were like refunds. Yeah. There were like, it was it was interesting. That's happening a lot too across the country. Just people are they get the tickets in advance, and when time comes down to the show, they're like, mm, I'm not really ready to go out yet. Yeah, I get it. It's 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 yeah. And for you and for me, like touring has always been like such a kind of insurance, I guess. Like it's been like, okay, we we got these shows, and I know we can pay some bills yes. from these shows. And, you know, I think for people that aren't in bands looking at bands, it's, it's probably interesting to be able to step in and like find out like just how much touring is so important to playing live music is yeah. important to bands. Like you have to go out and play totally because I mean, that's your, that's really your job and you can't hold down a normal job in the meantime and be in a band. It's like, you have to kind of choose like, okay, yeah, sacrifice. Do you want to do a nine to five and build a career that way? Or do you want to be in a band? Cause yeah. you kind of can't do both. Right. It's so true. And it's been so hard for everyone in our band to just be in the band, like stay in the band. <laughs> and we were just talking about that a little bit with you yeah. and, and your band with Max. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, but it's very therapeutic also for us too. It's what we do. Oh, and yeah. It's how we express ourselves and, get the stress out you know what i mean yeah we didn't never we never started a band thinking like this was gonna be our career you know we no. were, we're always just like this is so fun and it's like the energy and being expressive and being silly and yeah just being together in positivity you know and totally uh I know it's weird when all of a sudden that stops yeah and like how can i be creative now or how can i express or get things out of my system or any of that stuff because it's very therapeutic you know like just doing it 100% what was the last real job you had um real job was probably not saying we do now isn't real but you know what I mean I I think probably (laughs) we have working on a kids TV show and doing production stuff to me still doesn't feel like a real job yeah it doesn't what you love yeah yeah but um and I, I loved working at Ruka but that was probably one of the last real job they had to go into an office every day yeah i worked i worked as a marketing um i won't say director because i didn't really know what i was doing you know if he's like i was i'm a marketing director because (laughs) i went to college and i have a degree you know yeah yeah. i just you know pat the owner of ruka hired me to come in and be the marketing guy and run this artist network program at ruka back in the early 2000s oh nice um and that was probably the last real, like, nine to five, have to be there. Yeah. You know, real job, probably. And I've had little things here and there. Um, yeah. But th- I think that was probably the last one. And that, because then we went right into Yo Gabba Gabba after that. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I quit my job to be able to do Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah. And it took a, a year and a half, almost two years for it to come around. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, it was, it was a bit. But, but again, going back to touring, 
we had touring in the in in there to like uh, to balance it all. Yeah, 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 yeah supplement yeah. income. You're like, okay, that was guaranteed. Yeah, money. guaranteed yeah. money, right? You, right. Totally. You get those guarantees, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna go play two weeks of shows, and this is the money that's guaranteed. This will be my cut. Okay, I can pay this many months of rent. Yeah. Buy this many groceries. You can break it down, right? <laughs> totally. So that's why, again, it, going back to 2020, when you have that supplemental income that's guaranteed on the calendar and it just gets wiped away. It's like, wow, what do we do now? I know. Where are we going to go? <laughs> and, and I know that like, they, I know that we weren't essential. It just felt like music was at the very bottom of the totem pole. hundred And live music and all that. When I feel personally that I think music heals people and I think it brings people together. Obviously, we couldn't come together, but music helps so many people. But we were just like, eh, at the very bottom, just waiting, like, when's it going to happen? Right. And what, and what a crazy test for people like to be able to ride through not being able to gather together and, and like even just within the family, like yeah, getting man. together at holidays with families, totally. like stay away, you know, and like yeah. such a divider. It's been such a like division, you know, hundred percent. It's kind of I crazy. Had, I had my 50th birthday party. I sat in my front yard, with my wife and my son and my friends drove around beeping the horns. Around oh man. <laughs> I've had three, two, birth, two no, three birthdays in this lock. It's crazy. When was man. your birthday? Well, my birthday was April 8th last week. I turned 52, but I had almost, seems like almost three birthdays in this thing. Would that make sense? I don't know. It's been two years now. Two, two 2020 birthdays. was your, fi- your 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just turned 50 in uh, January. Feels good, man. 50s is good. Yeah, I kinda, I'm kind of stoked, actually, because when we were kids, if you, can you imagine, like, I think, like, that's when, like, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones turned 50. Like, yeah. they're old, you know? So old, dude. So old. And then... And now we're 50 and you're still skateboarding. Doing st- everything, dude. Still doing music. I, I, you know, it's I, crazy. I was serving this morning, you know, so yeah. it's just, I wanted to make sure I had that like good vibes, you know, for like sure. Ener- energy from the ocean. And It's beautiful, man. It's the ocean gives you so much energy, so man. So much. I dived in last week at like eight in the morning. My son was surfing. Just went swimming. It was so cool, but it just, I felt so alive, man. You know, there's this weird, I, I, this article I read, um, it was a couple of years ago. It's been 10 years now, but um, it was about, it talked a little bit about the pearl divers in Japan, like, you know, the women that would dive down and, and how they could hold their breath for like 15 minutes or something yeah. crazy, you know, how, how they train their bodies to do that. And it, it, it was to the effect that something about being in the ocean as a human, it, it the instant you submerge a hundred percent, it's your body starts to, to change like wow. more like a fish. No way. That's crazy. Uh, if I can find the article, I'll that. send yeah, it to you. It's cool. insane. But it, it talks about all the things that open up in your body and like start to transform. It like changes yeah. you because, you know, nature is crazy and we don't know everything about science and biology where we're learning. Totally. And um, but it was this scientific article that talked about the uh, amazing transformative properties of of salt water and being in the ocean. I and believe it's, it, dude. It's another reason why people, when they go to those like <laughs> deprivation chambers, it's salt water in there, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, for like sure. Altered states, you know, like sure. laying in the box. And I, I love tripping it, man. Out. Oh, it's so amazing. Yeah. And I always hear people talk about like surfing as this spiritual connection with mother, just all this stuff. And my son, he just surfs because he loves it. But when I stood up on my first wave during the pandemic, it just felt, it was surreal to me because you can control your skateboard on the sidewalk or a ramp. You're kind of controlling that, but you're like on top of this on, on the ocean is controlling you. It's just a crazy feeling just being on a wave. It's 
right? I can't, I can't explain it. I felt and it's like a connection, super shot of energy. Too. Yeah. It's like the minute you, even if you're only on the wave for three, four, five seconds, the, minute, like the minute you kick out or even fall and pop back up, it's like you just, it's yeah. like you're glowing. Like that was amazing. I know. Right? Are, you a, are you a longboarder? Um, I, I ride different yeah. like sizes, but I, one thing I, I don't really do like potato chip boards anymore. Like the really skinny little ones. Okay. You know, like, um, I know they're called potato chips. Just like, because cool. they're really thin, okay. you know what I mean? I don't, I can't do it. So, and actually for the past maybe four or five years, I've just been riding soft tops. Okay. Like I even went to surf trips on with soft top, you know, soft top boards. So yeah. Like, so, and th- those come in different sizes. Um, sometimes like more like a short, like a six foot. Yeah. But then I'll do set the seven foot soft top is like, it's like, that's the zone, you know? Yeah. Are and you I, good? I, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I'm good. You just, I just have fun. I just like catching waves. Yeah, like, I, and I don't. I don't really. It's not. I'm not trying to do airs or. Yeah. You know those days are long gone, and I'm yeah. I'm okay with that. Totally. You know? I'm okay with even skating, like skating a mini ramp. I mean, I can rem- I can remember the feeling of like just busting big frontside ollies and like you know lip slides nice. and like going crazy, and I just. I'm scared to do it now. I'm just scared. Yeah. It's scary. I'm fully padded up at the mini ramp, dude. <laughs> right. I want to skate that ramp you skated. Yeah, at. Liquid Death ramp in Venice. Yeah, I want to skate that. I'm the, so down. And then the Steve Cab- Caballero's oh, the ramp. Panda ramp. I want to skate that ramp with you guys. Uh, Next time you go, okay, text yeah, me. It's, it's beautiful, man. I want to go. Yeah. It's a nice, it's a perfect mini ramp. And Steve is such a rad guy. He's like, a sweetheart. How man. amazing is that? Like, I mean, you grew up on the East Coast, yeah. but we're the same age, so I'm sure you were reading Thrasher magazines Ooh. and like just watching Bones Brigade, watching Bones Brigade, and like Steve Caballero. You're like friends with them. It's crazy, dude. He texts you and <laughs> stuff, know, right? He just sent me up yesterday because I sang on his new record. I'm, I'm gonna go down and shoot a video. Oh, with your thing, yeah. At at his barbecue, we're gonna film a video of me singing that song at his house. We're gonna skate, have a barbecue. It's gonna be cool. Oh yeah, let me know when you guys do that. For sure, I'll, I'll drive down for that. That's worth twelve hour drive. <laughs> no, it is. Last time I went there, I invited. I, I didn't even tell Cab. I was like, I'm gonna invite Christian. He's like, cool. Well, I told him after Christian came, Chris Cole. It was this crazy set. It was a surreal moment, dude. I bet, yeah. And I'm just watching, but I got trick of the day because I um I landed a, a Hamplin on the on the coping. Oh yeah, I saw. There's video. Of yeah, it, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that on Instagram. Because I'm rad. more of a vert skater, but I don't know. I'm kind of scared. I went to um. Recently, I went down with Mike from Liquid Death to skate Tony Hawk's ramp with Tony Hawk. And when you walk in that building and he's on the ramp by himself, like warming up, I didn't want to go up on the ramp. I was the first time meeting him. I was so nervous. I didn't drop in. I knew I could have done it. I was just carving, trying to get to the top, pumping. I'm not going to play myself in front of Tony Hawk. Right. It was so but intimidating. Tony is such a cool guy. Like he's such a rad guy, though. Like so yeah. nice. Super, see the doc- yeah. I haven't seen the documentary yet. The HBO. It's one. amazing. Man. I want to see it. It's not what you expect. It's really, it's, it's some heavy moments, man. It's beautiful. I want to see it. Yeah. yeah. That was surreal, like going there. That, and then Cab pulled up and he's skating. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to watch. When you look over the edge at that ramp, it's, it's so scary. I <laughs> and I used to drop in on Me ramps too. like that back in the day. Yeah, yeah. There's just something about it now. I'm like, I know I could do it, but I just, I don't want to slam it. I don't want to get hurt, man. Right. No. And, and that's part and that's of, what he does. That's part of the age. Yeah. You know? I mean, even Tony just got hurt really I know. bad. And it's but he's he's, he's skating on, already <laughs> he's he's a michael jordan skateboard he, he's like a he's a machine he's not even real human dude the, the, it's crazy even when i was a kid though there was always those guys that there was just something they just 
didn't care if they got hurt. I know. They had to land that trick. They had to do it. But when we were, when we were young, we all thought like that. Yeah. yeah. But it's crazy True. that as they're older, they still don't, they're not scared. Dude. I know. I but it's what they do. It's like what he does his whole life. That's that's what he does. That's his life. That's yeah. And, and I, it's like walking with him, right? And you couldn't. He you'd probably get some uh, you know stage fright if you gave Tony a, a mic and exactly. said go out and sing. You know, but that's your zone. Like you know, you get out there with people and yeah, that's who you are and that's who he is. But he, did you see him in punk rock karaoke? He actually killed this song. No, man. I did see him on that one. Sh- what's that show? Uh, I wonder what song. My it was. kids were watching that thing. Mask singer, did you see? He him was on, on that? that. Yeah, he you was, know what song he, he did? sang. Friday, I'm in love from the Cure. Wow, he's got a great music taste too. Like his yeah. documentary, the soundtrack's amazing. Yeah, he always has been such a good guy. I um, I grew up here in in uh, in L.A. Yeah, I was gonna get that. So and, where, so um, where were you born at? My parents. My, I was born in Idaho, like a small oh, town wow, okay. in Idaho, because my dad was teaching school up yeah. in just this middle of nowhere place. And then when I was a kid, like Perfect. three or four years old, we moved to L.A. Okay. But I was just going to say, growing up in L.A., I, I was, my parents got my sister and I an agent, and we were like kid actors. I know. I just saw Gleam yeah. in the Cube, and Tony Hawk posted the picture. Yeah, 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 we were going to talk I need, about I need that. you to show me which one you are. I couldn't, I was like, which one is he on I'm here? I'm the one, like, that's dressed really terrible. Okay. <laughs> But I saw that yesterday, doing Pretty in Pink and Married with Children, all kinds of things you were in, dude. Yeah, and growing up out here, um, let's see. I saw that yesterday. Here, I was like, dude. Here's one of the, I posted these pictures yesterday, too. That's me talking to Tony. I have the, su- I, I I thought have the that suicidal was hat on. Oh, that's so hard. He's got a flipped up classic suicidal. <laughs> yeah. And I think you were in like some sort of pow animal chin kind of yeah. shirt. It's like, and then Vision Streetwear, um, like shorts. Yeah. I wonder I, what kind of board you I, got. I had, it's a Eric Dressen dog mm-hmm. down board because Eric was my stunt double on the show. Wow. In the movie, which I, I could skate, but I wasn't on that third level, you know, yeah. I, I, I was okay, but those guys were, you know, this is an incredible photo, man. This <laughs> Tony Hawk classic style with the hair, like the, the little whoosh uh, in the front. Maybe he had a little, dude, yeah. this is, what year is this? But so, um, this was 85 or 86. I'm looking at 85, maybe you talking to Tony Hawk in a pool, gleaming the cue. It's crazy. And how was Christian Slater? You know, it, you see him much during that or not? Oh yeah. We, we hung out with him all the time. He's right. He's right there with the cramp shirt on right in the background. Oh my he's, God. Yeah. We, so wow. the thing was, is Christian Slater was an actor, you know, he was yeah. an actor and I was an actor as well, but I skated. Totally. And then Max Perlick, you know, Max, you know, that kid, Max, he, he's in the movie. He he was friends with Chris. He was good friends with oh, Chris. Oh yeah, Max. Face. Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also an actor, but he could skate. And he was okay. pretty good. He was a good, pretty good street skater. Um, but Christian Hasoy, or not Christian Hasoy, Christian Slater, he never skated before. Mm. So the first like, once we got the job, they said, "Hey, for the next six weeks, we want you guys to meet up with Christian a couple times a week." And skate with them so that you guys can get the camaraderie that wow. you need on film. And I'm like, yes, I'm in. <laughs> you know, because I was 15, I was yeah, like going yeah. to school, and I'd be like, hey guys, I got a bail. I'm gonna go skate with Tony Hawk and Tom Guerrero, <laughs> you know. And uh, we would meet in the valley at these like elementary schools. And Russ, I don't know if you know who Russ Howell is, but he's like an old 70s um, skater. He's like really good at the slalom. Like okay. if you type in Russ Howell, Russ Howell slalom on uh YouTube, he's like king of the slalom. Anyway, okay. anyway uh, so we would meet 
up with Christian Slater and Russ Howell. And Russ was teaching Christian like the basics of okay. skating. And he was, it was, he was having a rough go cause <laughs> he was trying to learn how to like basically be on par with Tony Hawk and Tommy Guerrero Dude. from nothing, you know, from, yeah. and I'd been skating a couple years already. And yeah. And so we would hang out for a little bit and they would be just like, okay, today we're going to learn how to like just drop off a curb, you know, like just yeah. simple stuff that, we take for granted or whatever. And it's riding off a curb. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, or just t- doing Tic Tacs. And Tic-tacs. we would be like, um, we're going to go over to the behind the school and skate the banks or escape the ban- benches. And so I spent like the first five, six weeks, like just hanging out with those guys, just Amazing, skating. Dude. And they'd be like, Christian, what are you doing later? We're going to go skate this pool or like, we're going to go meet up with so-and-so. And it was like a total dream come true. So like, sounds like it. shooting that movie. And then, <laughs> my grades were bad cause I was all into punk rock and skateboarding. <laughs> I didn't care about school. Totally. So I had to take a test to get out of school so that I could work because if you have bad grades, you can't get a work permit uh, as okay. a, as a minor, you can't okay. work. So I had to take this test, um, to get out of school so that I could go to set and I wouldn't have to go to set school. Cause if you're a minor and you're in school, you have to do a certain yeah, amount. Yeah, yeah. So we would, I would just get to set, with with my certificate <laughs> and the, the you know the what is it the social worker would go okay you're, you're not required to go to school and we would just go skate until they would call us like hey you guys gotta come that's incredible man you, you got your you know, like two minute scene that you have to do but and there was a lot of times where we would show up and we weren't even on the schedule they just wanted us there just in case yeah on call so i spent a lot of time with with Tommy and, and Tony Hawk and that's a, would your parents have to be there? Cause you're underage. No, no. Cause I took that test uh, to, gotcha. okay. to, and, and it was like a, it, I got emancipated minor thing, okay. you know? So my mom just said, okay, have fun. And my parents had just been divorced for a couple years and you know, I was in my punk rock phase. And so mm. I was like, so stoked. Like, yeah. I was like 15 basically on my own and doing my own thing and hanging out with those guys all the time. And, that's it was fun, and we man. we kind of knew that the movie was a little bit cheesy. Cheesy, yeah. yeah. It was it was but it's definitely a classic gonna, now. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's classic in different ways. You know, yeah. it's like it's funny to watch. But so all those guys were sponsored. So Tony and Tommy were sponsored, so they could only wear PAL stuff or their shoe sponsors. Gotcha. And then um, Max, they wanted him to be a little bit more like rough around the edges. And of course, Christian Slater's like, uh, wardrobe was, he didn't pick it. It was, it was, you know, curated for him. So anything that got donated to the movie from other skate companies like vision streetwear and Stussy and stuff like that, that, that ended up landing on me. And for some reason, the wardrobe lady thought that it would be cool if this character just wore like black and white stuff. So everything I had was just black and white, the whole movie. <laughs> and I was just, you know, I liked Suicidal Tendencies a lot. I, they were it's like so one cool. of my favorite bands. You got to rock that hat, but so you, cool. you can't rock a Suicidal Tendencies hat and a Powell shirt. It just, you, it just doesn't work. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, back yeah. in those times, there was like, it was, tr- it was kind of tribal. Like you, and you couldn't cross the like. Yeah, it's true. The sure sign of a kook is if like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if you got suicidal on, that's Venice, that's Alva, that's you know that that's Dogtown. Do- that's Dogtown. Yeah, there's like. 
only certain things you can wear with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even now, like I'm 50 years old and I'm looking back, I'm like, why did I have to wear that? You know? But it's, it's cool. He represented. Yeah. The movie, suicidal though. was cool, but you know, and, and, uh, but again, I felt like, like the biggest kook. <laughs> And I already was like, I couldn't skate as good as those guys. So I was, I was a little insecure, but. Did Slater like punk rock at all? Christian, does he know anything about not it? Not really. Wow. Not, he didn't know anything about it. And um, he just, you know, and he didn't really ask a ton of questions either. I think he was just, but he was, he was cool and he was social with us. He was nice. He was a yeah. nice guy. And, but I, I think he could tell that we were from a totally different planet. Because yeah. we were all into skate yeah, skating, you guys were legit, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the '80s, so it was still so like fringe. Like yeah. it was like something, you know, like because bad boys. He, well, there was this different, <laughs> whole different culture. Like it was yeah. a whole different culture, and he was, you know, acting culture, <laughs> totally <laughs> right. Um, did you see True Romance before? Uh yeah, I see it. <laughs> amazing, amazing, yeah. um, great so movie. You started acting. How old were you? Like. Uh, let's see, probably four years old. Wow. I think I did my first commercial when I was five and my older sister, she's an actress and my younger brother and we, that was kind of how my family paid the bills. Okay. Like my mom was not stoked on that thing, you know, like, yeah. but my dad was like, Hey, they're, you know, they're getting jobs. Like I'll just, you know, take them to their auditions. But when did you realize you were an actor? Because you were so young to know what really was going yeah, on. Yeah, I just was doing what they were telling me to do. Yeah. Like go in this room and meet this guy. It's crazy. Do what he says, you know, yeah. <laughs> to a certain point, you know. <laughs> if he touches you weird, like, yeah. come out and scream, you know. <laughs> so obviously you're doing up into your teenage years. Wow, it's a long time acting. Yeah, all the way until I was about 19. And wow. Then I, and then um, I was just, then I went to Japan. I lived in Japan for a couple of years. I did a mission for my church as well. Okay. And I went, I went to Japan when I was 19 and, and it was funny cause at that time I was hanging out with Tony all the time. And so after the movie still kicked. Yeah. We, after cool, the movie, we, we got to be friends and I got to be really good friends with Otis Bartholomew, you know, Oh, big O. Oh, and, big o yeah, yeah. And he would take me to, um, to Neil Blender's house and Lance mountain and all those guys. And, got to be friends, like really good friends with Jason Lee and Mark Gonzalez and awesome. hung out with them as they transitioned from mainstream skateboarding to their own thing with blind skateboards. Yeah, and I was yeah, like yeah. right there when all that stuff happened and hanging out with them all the time. And then I started getting a little, little bit kind of, I don't know, just felt like I wasn't really going anywhere. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't the top skater, you know, yeah. I was the guy filming him. Like I, I filmed a little bit for the blind video, like video days. I remember if you remember that video, yeah, yeah, like yeah. guy Mariano and Mark wanted me he to plays in the band too, right? A guy? He's a drummer. It does. Yes, I just heard his name yesterday about this. Really? He plays with Daniel Mahoney at a band called 411. He's playing drums. I just heard his name yesterday. An 80s skater is also a drummer. He's playing this reunion show coming up. Wow. Really? Yesterday. I heard that name. Guy Mariano. Yeah. Huh? Wow. Maybe I'm wrong. Don't quote me, people. I have to double check. But yeah, anyway. I heard his name. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, a lot of those guys um, are really good musicians. Jason Lee is a pretty good guitar player. He yeah. Just, he just doesn't, like, that's not what he, like, puts forth, you know? He's a great skater as well, oh, man. Amazing. And and he was a r- really funny guy, and I introduced him to some people, and then, you know, he got into acting. Yeah, so he wasn't acting when you met him. No, but he wanted to. And yeah. We, I'd go on, I'd have an audition for, you know, a banana commercial today. You want to come with me? And he'd be like, yeah. I'm like, just sign in. Like, just sign in and do it. Wow. And tell him that your agent is my, you know, like my agent. Yeah. And just try out just to see what it's like. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
I was friends with the Rabisi family, um, like Giovanni Rabisi, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they they lived in my neighborhood in North Hollywood. And I introduced. I know him and his sister. I met them. A Jason times. did that. Yeah, yeah, super cool. Marissa. Yeah, super cool. Marissa comes around the barracks a little yeah, bit yeah, too. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah, I was there with Steve Barra uh, last summer, and she was she had just been there or something. But yeah, I, yeah. I haven't seen them in a long time. But cool family. Yeah, so cool. And then they got to know Jason and. Um, crazy fun fun times man like thinking back of all this stuff but yeah so with jason too you know introducing him to people and he him getting into acting he always wanted to do that and uh we he and he 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 was a shoe in like he's so funny yeah and like witty and we would just do funny stuff like you know dress up like nerds and go to the mall and act <laughs> like nerds for a couple hours or like you know we just messing around but um, did you graduate I didn't. No. Wow. No. Because you're acting? Or because yeah, you, I you, took those tests at 15 and I got emancipated from my parents. I didn't realize so I was out of school forever. So I that I could that. act. Oh, I thought, okay. And then I Jeez. never went back. No GED, nothing. <laughs> no. Wow, man. No. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, don't tell my kids. <laughs> no, I won't. And did you get into punk rock on the same time or younger? Well, let's see. I, I, I you know, let me be clear i did go back to a continuation school after gleaming the cube because when i got back from gleaming the cube my my grades were shot because i did nothing yeah and so i was like you either you can't pass so i went to a continuation school for a few months after that to try to like catch my grades up up. Mm -hmm. and then eventually i was like "Mm, i'm just not gonna go and so i stopped going to school at like 15 wow (laughs) once i could drive it was over you know because i would go to huntington beach or drive places to go skate or auditions all that stuff yeah yeah and i could still go on auditions so your parents are super supportive well my mom had just been recently divorced and she was just like do whatever you want you know i don't care she She trusted you though yeah she trusted me yeah she definitely trusted me were you a good kid i think so i mean you know i I experimented a little with yeah. stupid stuff and got into trouble a few times but for the most part you know growing up my family's pretty was pretty like religious and and we also you guys they swear were in good. the house no swearing no we also like no swearing yeah but once my again once my mom got divorced she was kind of like the rules went out the window my dad was a little bit more of the enforcer you know was in the military and mm, strict pretty strict you you know he had this belt that had like these studs on it. Wow! And that like if you did it's something really bad, you get you get the stud belt. And like that was gnarly. We had the whoop. That's real in back then. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you just you get whooped. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to think about that. Especially having kids too. It's like, wow. Yeah. You didn't need to do that with I your know, kids. Man. But um. It's intense. Yeah, but again, once my parent my parents were divorced, my mom was kind of, she 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 had me on a really long leash, you know, and she would rarely and her leash was a uh, guilt trip, you know. Mm. It was I've been there with my mom for it sure. It wasn't like uh there's cuz there's no, you know, there's no stud belt. My mom's not going to hit yeah, me with a course. belt. <laughs> and then there's no uh come home cuz you know, what's she going to do? Like yeah. what are you going to do? It was it was more like the the tears yeah. and like Yeah. You know, you're making me feel like a bad person, mm. you know? Yeah, my mom too, because my, my my dad died. My mom raised three boys on her own, so it was kind of hard to control us three boys. Yeah. And she didn't hit us or nothing like that, too. We were in the streets, but we would, I was being, no disrespect to my brothers, but I was like a straight and narrow skateboard kid, but 
But my mom did that to us too, the guilt stuff for sure. Yeah. Fuck, I mess with your head, you know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, but it worked. It worked totally. really good, you know? Like, there, I think there was one time I came home and I'd been doing some stupid stuff and my mom just put her hands on my shoulders and said, I'm just so glad that you're, you know, taking our family seriously and, you know, that way your dad's gone, so... You're the man of the house. I was gonna say you're the oldest. You'd yeah, never, yeah. You would never do something to like jeopardize our family. Mm. And she knew that I was goofing <laughs> around. You know, she she caught me. What kind <laughs> of crazy stuff are you doing? Just like just partying? Just, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, uh, not not like ma- not anything major, but you know, I don't know. I just because I didn't really have. I think because it's like when you're wound so tight, and then it, that it springs out. Like yeah, you see that happen in. Like any, any kind of cultures like sure if you're wound tight and then suddenly you have freedom like you want to see what's out there you know yeah so you know i didn't do anything crazy but um i did find out that like okay now i wasn't really happy when i was being forced to do stuff yeah but when i'm free on my own why am i still not that happy i could do whatever i want but yeah I'm not, interesting I'm not, I'm not like feeling good you know yeah so and you know you find that pma and then you figure totally, it out man. right 100 <laughs> all right did your mom like the punk rock music she thought it was crazy um my dad hated it and i think there was one time i remember before they were divorced i had all these flyers like these rad flyers and i'd been trading flyers you know you like back in the day oh yeah and i had some pretty like good old ones that of shows i didn't even go to but <laughs> A lot of the shows I had gone to, but one day my dad was mad because my room was messy or something, and he came in, and he, like, ripped all my flyers down in front of me, put them in a bag. I was like, get this out of my house. Oh, you know? my God, dude. And um, I was so bummed. And and he threw, oh, he threw some records away, bro- broke some of my cassette tapes. Um, Who's the Angry Samoans? They, exactly. Some of those band names. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, totally. Sexist, all that. <laughs> totally, all that stuff. <laughs> that religion. But my mom was Ooh. just kind of like, yeah, well, that's your thing. Go for it, you know. But like, the skateboarding was a big part of like keeping on the path. And, totally. and straight edge was like a big deal. Like, cause oh, really? I'd been raised kind of pretty straight edge. You yeah. Know? And so when I really got into punk and you'd go to parties and you'd see people like just passed out. Yeah, and, like, scary dudes taking advantage of people that are passed True. out and just be like, man, that's, and you're a little shrimp and you're not going to like get beat up by a bunch of jocks. hundred percent. It's just like that whole like substance abuse lifestyle. I was not going for that. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to do it. And, and so straight edge to me was like a big deal because I, I like identified with that. Like, yeah. Yes, I agree, Ian. I agree. You know, you <laughs> totally. know what I mean? And I'm only 15, but yeah, um, it was, I think punk rock and skateboarding and straight edge was an amazingly good thing for me. Like at yeah. that time, because if I didn't had that, cause being from a strict religious family, I was trying to get away from that yeah. a little bit as a teenager and then rebelling and then realizing, okay, well there's definitely good things about, yeah you know keeping clean and eating right and doing the right things there's good stuff about that for sure but the you know authoritarianism that was coming from not from the beliefs but from my the the execution of those beliefs you know what i mean like from my dad like the way he would like implement that 
didn't make me want to like, oh, I'm going to go pray now, you know, yeah, so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that it was a, t- it was a questioning time in the, in, like that's what that punk time. does. It makes you question everything. Yeah. And you know, that's, and that it's still carrying over, you know, it's oh, still, sure. it's still in my heart, like all that stuff, you know? And, and then, um, seeing bad brains on the eye against eye tour Ooh. at vendors, like that was like, that was it. That's I was incredible. like, okay. All right, you know, yeah. skateboarding and bad brains and like, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. And uh, did you get to see Minor Threat back then? I didn't. I didn't. I just missed Minor Threat. Me I too. missed the Misfits. Damn. I saw Descendants a lot. Me um, too. I went to their last show ever at Fenders. <laughs> what, I have a flyer that? that says "Last Show Ever." No it's way. like '87, I think. You still have that flyer? They were gonna break. Yeah, they're breaking up, and and we're like, oh man, my favorite band's breaking up, and then they came Is that back. The '80s? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they, they're and like, they came back stronger than ever, yeah, ever and better than ever. Yeah, I, that um, everything sucks record is so good, right? It's, it's like the best return album ever in the history of punk rock it, or anything. I just I think of rock and roll period. It's, it's like perfect. Think about when that's ever happened before. Like a band yeah. is broken up. I mean, maybe Aerosmith is comparative because, like, <laughs> but they never broke up. Yeah. They were just like playing county fairs and stuff, you know. Yeah, and then Run DMC comes along and basically gives them a whole new life, right? That's I mean, true. But that's different than Descendants even, right? So the, dis- record, the record's perfect, man. It's so good. Anyway, I don't know, I don't know what we're talking about. Well, but did you want to play music at all? Were yeah, you I think other after bands? seeing um, Bad Brains, I was like, yes. And the, some friends of mine had a band that um, my buddy Jeff and Tim, and uh, they had a band, and, and, it, and I wanted to be the singer, yeah. but they had a singer. I was like, well, why don't you guys practice at my house and I'll be the roadie. And like, I would, they could, they practiced in my garage. Cause my mom again was <laughs> like, you guys do whatever you want. I don't care. She was kind of like, I don't want to see she was checked out, but she was a little, but um, you knew what you were up to emotionally checked out. Yeah. She knew that we weren't like, yeah, you're crazy skating, you're going to punk shows, yeah. you're playing music. You know, yeah, like, she was cool with it. Like, you're not getting arrested and you know, while and out. No. I mean, there was some close, close calls. calls. Yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, right, that time in L.A. too was, the gangs were so gnarly yeah. right then. I mean, right, you know, pre-Colors, I mean, they made the movie Colors because of the way it was on yes. the streets in L.A. around that time. Like, mm-hmm. mid-80s was, it was gnarly, you yeah. know? So, wherever you went, there was gangs to worry and about. And at shows, too. At shows. Oh, shows especially, because for at first it was just like the punk gangs, like yeah. the lads and the you know fff from the valley and um there was the suicidals of course of venice venice 13 and then there was like the south bay skins and like there was all these like it was just the punk gangs and there were there was like it was like the thunderdome you know at defenders it was um you had the warriors man yeah totally it was like the warriors (laughs) but for real yeah and you had the lads were over here and the v13 guys were over here and they had their own pits and you didn't like let the pits mix. Oh. And so like right in front of the stage was like winner take all pit. It was like the biggest guys that were like non-denominational. <laughs> you know what I mean? Winner take all. And then there was like who you affiliated with pits on the side. So like South Bay skins was to the right of the stage and that was all skinheads. And then there was lads over there to the left and then Venice 13. And sure. so it was all the different gangs and, it's certain, a movie, man. Certain bands could like push it so that like it would open up and it would like t- it would turn into a fight, like okay. a, a big brawl. But 
sometimes it would like sweep it and like they would all mix up wow. and then it was just like wild west it was crazy some of those shows were insane but it's crazy that they're their own pits like we're just gonna we're gonna dance right here oh this yeah is us. don't come near our pit one of the crazy we all love the same band though yeah yeah it, it was crazy you see you know we're at mdc and it's everyone's like slamming into the same band but they're like they've segregated themselves it's crazy know? man there were, I, well, I can't remember what show it I was. I love MDC, by the way. Underrated oh, yeah. band, dude. So underrated. So many things he was singing about back then are so relevant still now. It's I listened to him recently. I was like, dude, it's crazy. It's serious. We, I mean, all those bands. Dead Kennedys, too. Dead Kennedys, Bad Brains. Yeah. I mean, even just, like think about the big takeover, the words. It's yeah, just man. another Nazi scheme. And it's like, dude, it's, it's it, you know, at the time you're thinking about you're just a kid so you're like yeah there's cool lyrics but then you're yeah. like you you like dissect it now and it's I like know, stuff man. that's going on like with this crazy it's stuff true. it's true dude. right yeah. i don't i don't want to out myself too much no no like i know what you're some saying conspiracy though. theory but no, like, i know what you're saying just like the way governments are and the way that we sure. we just the people are just taking it i mean 100 punk rock was all about that 100 percent. i know I learned so much from Dead Kennedys about politics and all that don't stuff. Don't take that. Don't take it. Yeah, like yeah. you don't have to take it. Like you know, freedom is a real thing. It's it's kind of crazy. What about bad religion for you? Since you were so religious, like hearing bad religion must have been like um, kind of shocking. And I, you know, as a teenager, I wasn't like super religious. Obviously, yeah. I be I like converted. And, but just like, that logo is so powerful too. It was, and honestly, like, and I, no offense to bad religion at all. I just, it, I don't think it was the anti-religion thing. I just wasn't in, I just, for some reason I was never into it. And even yeah. when, even when Suffer came out and my friend Jeff was so into that record, like the Suffer album, yeah, you that know? Was, yeah. And I'm, I was just like, I don't know. And for no some control. reason it never, I never resonated with bad religion. And I don't, yeah. and I, you know, I've self-analyzed like, is that because I'm religious and mm. I don't like the message or, and I think it was, I don't think it's that at all. Okay. There's just some I respect that so some much, about man. it. I don't like. I don't yeah, like. Yeah, he just didn't connect with you. Yeah, and I, I we've toured with them. We played with them on yeah. Warp Tour. Like man, so many times, and I, we know those guys kind of. Yeah, I, I think they think we're stupid, but <laughs> everyone thinks we're stupid because yeah. we are stupid. <laughs> I mean, the Aquabats <laughs> is like it's a joke, you know. Yeah. It's silly. And and here's here's the thing, like going back. It's super posy though for the. Oh yeah, yeah. going back to. The bad music. that bad brains show. Yeah, I want to start music. Yeah. So the, like bad brains, HR comes out first thing, jumps into the crowd, and he's like one with the crowd. You know, Sick. the formula, and he gets back up on stage and he's going nuts. And you know, as crazy as HR has, yeah, been in his life, he was on that night. He was yeah. so on, and he was so connected. And he'd do a song, and then he did his backflips, and and I was and. The best part was, you know, Fenders at that time in L.A. was the place to go see shows. Yeah. And it was like the Warriors. It was like the Thunderdome. Yeah. And and you would always see somebody like stabbed or punched or beat up. Like suburbia. It was it was insane. Was but there was lots of fights. Yeah. And during Bad Brains, when their reggae songs would come on, everybody would like put their arms around each other and dance. Wow. And I was like, Oh my beautiful. This is it. Yeah. 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 You can be aggressive and crazy and still love each other. Totally. And then you can like foil it or like (laughs) you can work 
it, you can work reggae into this. It cool, like it man. blew my mind. Yeah, that like, was amazing to hear that. Right. First time, you, yeah. And you would see guys that would like the previous song be like punching at each other or like throwing elbows. And then now they're like, hey, it's cool. Let's pick each other up and dance. Yeah. And feel the vibes, you know. And then the next song, get into your pit. Yeah. And then, you know. <laughs> and to me, it was like, wow, th- there's something so powerful here. And it's, it, it is this energy, this magic of music and yeah. it can, it can bring people together and be positive. Like you can have a rowdy, positive show. hundred percent. And that's what hardcore basically seven seconds, man, hopefully was going to be, Oh yeah. Saw seven seconds many times. I'm and super positive. So great. Um, and then when then was it New Wind that album came yeah. out? I I love it though, man. I I just were you too punk I was for it? Too punk for it. I was like, you no ever go way. back and listen to it later on? I, I, I need to. I, I've always wanted. I to. I love ourselves, New Wind, Soul Force Revolution, Praise. I don't know. I love those records. Man. Yeah, I never I never got into it afterwards. It's I too should. melodic for you. Well, I think I wasn't ready for it. Yeah, you know, I wasn't ready for it. I was like going through my own like journey into melody you know yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and now I, I love stuff like melodic stuff is my favorite stuff yeah now. um and the more hardcore like kind of guttural stuff i'm not you know i could take it like dri love dri back in the day back so in, fast yeah so fast. and now i listen to it i was like it's like i don't it just doesn't connect with me anymore yeah yeah, yeah. It's so cool to Even see. Even like Voivod stuff and stuff that was Voivod. like, oh, so fast. <laughs> it's crazy seeing like Kevin Seconds out there and Keith Moore's touring their 60s, man. It's incredible. Yeah, that's dude. awesome. But hey, we're right there, dude. I know, right man. 50s. We're 50s, but still, this like 10 years ahead of us still killing. Vinny Stigma, yeah. like all those guys. It's amazing like what what's happened with music and and how people can basically survive make being non-essential yeah. <laughs> making music 100 making people feel happy and having a good time and yeah and um i'm you know i'm not gonna retire off the aquabats not no. at all like we have to keep doing it to keep it alive yeah, yeah. you know and but at the same time it's been amazing that it's been 25 years 25 years and for is, you guys too like yeah is that your first band though um, like official band? I was in a band. I, we, we had a couple other bands before, but what I, type of music? Just... So Scott, the other creator of Yo Gabba Gabba, yeah, yeah, yeah. we grew up together. We've you know been best friends like f- since we were late teens, and um, we had a band that was kind of more of like a shoegazy kind of a okay. like playing slow songs, kind of Galaxy Five Hundred meets like spiritualized and Is shoegazy. That's like a genre, right? Shoegazer, yeah. It's like looking down at your shoes and playing solos, ah, you know? Okay. <laughs> okay. It was like this kind of indie. It, it wasn't even as upbeat as pavement, you know, pavement. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was, it was kind of like in that vein of like, I mean, we love the Pixies. Like we're super into the Pixies, but um, our songs were not as good as the Pixies. Mm-hmm. But we had a band and we were playing shows. And I just remember distinctly, like I was in the middle of some like bad guitar <laughs> solo <laughs> And I'm not, I'm terrible, I'm terrible, I'm like, I'm terrible at playing the guitar, period, but, and we were at some coffee shop, and you could hear people talking over us playing, and I could wow. hear, I could hear somebody saying, like, who are these guys, I don't know, they suck, you know, like, and I, and I was just like, this isn't that fun, like, this is not fun, you know, <laughs> yeah. and the songs we were writing at the time were like, 
you know, about relationships yeah. and breakups. And I'm like, this is dumb. Like, mm. what am I doing? This is not for me, you know? And so yeah. we started, I started the Aquabats just with a bunch of dudes as a joke, like just to have fun. Like, let's just go out and whatever we're singing about, it doesn't matter. And no one can say it sucks because we already know it sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you named the band? Uh, my, my brother came up with the name because we were thinking of a name and he said something like, cause I, I was really into like the ventures and the stingrays. Like we were into yeah, surf yeah, yeah. music at the time and I was listening, listening to a lot of like surf stuff from the sixties and I'm like, yeah, what, what about something like the stingrays or like something like oceany? And my, my brother was like, I got a, I got one. How about the aquabats? I was like, that is the dumbest thing you've ever said. <laughs> yes, let's do it. You know, so. it's perfect though. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so man. dumb. It's <laughs> super dumb. And did you have, did you have like uh, costumes right from the beginning? No. Well, we wanted to like, we wanted to wear different stuff every time. It's like at that time in music in LA too, there was like a big um, exotica, like lo-fi surf music revival okay. in the early nineties. Yeah. So like, you know, the mummies came out of that and like the estrus records. Do you remember yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff? It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there was it's like, like 94, right? Yeah. Like okay. 92 to 94. Okay. And so that's when the Aquabats started and we wanted to kind of do something like that, but there was also the orange County ska thing going on. So I was like, well, what if we just kind of mix it up and do like surf ska, you know, <laughs> just to be dumb, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, cause ska shows were fun and I'd Super been, fun. I'd been to the Thunderdome. I'd been to vendors. I'd been to yeah. shows and, I went to this um, this show. It was Public Enemy, Ooh. Fishbone, and Living Color at the Santa Monica Civic. That's incredible. And um, this was like still in the '80s, and the Venice Shoreline Crips showed up and just like indiscriminately would just pick people out of the crowd, and like twenty guys on one just beat beat up a guy. Oh and my Then God. look for the next guy. Let's do that one. And they turned the lights on because the security was trying to get these guys and they took the security out and they were just like wow, going man. around, like beating people That's up. Scary man. And, you know, and everyone was just paralyzed with fear. And there was enough people there that could have like overpowered them, Yeah, but it would have taken everyone to like, okay, some of us are going to get hurt, but let's, let's get these get guys out. out of here. And, and ultimately it shut the show down and public enemy stopped and they let, wow. they left. And Chuck D was like, we're done, you know, like, wow. And they, they stood there in front of the stage, like these 20 guys throwing their Venice shoreline crips. Everyone was leaving and they were, it was like, we won. We, we stopped the show. Wow. And so, you know, coming out of the eighties and shows like that, and then going to like a ska show where there's only like 30 people, but everyone's dancing and there's girls there. It's like half girls, half guys, you know, cause like, Hardcore shows and punk shows. There's maybe like five girls and there's 500 kids there, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And so I'm like, there's actually girls here and they want to dance with you and it's like fun. And so that's really where it was like that Orange County ska scene and surf and the the Aquabats kind of like, ironically, we were like, let's ironically create a band. Was No Doubt around back then too, No Doubt was, but they were kind of like the older brothers, you know, the older sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sublime and No Doubt were kind of like on top. Okay. And then there was all these like little bands like Real Big Fish and oh, yeah. Save Ferris. And they were all like the little bands. There was a band called Meal Ticket from the Valley. Um, anyway, and we, we were just like. And that's a whole different scene, shows, like whole everything different world. Show. Yeah, whole different world. It was like safe and fun and 
positive, yeah. really positive. Yeah. And that, that was good for the Aquabats because we could just kind of thrive in that scene, you know, like make people laugh and be silly and play dumb songs. And Did people take you guys seriously at first? Um, no, because it was like, I don't think, that's the thing about the ska scene is people from the other scenes will look at it like, those guys are dorks. But I think everyone that is in the ska scene realizes like, they're just, they're okay with being a dork, you know, yeah. like, I'm, a, I'm all right. Like, I don't that's fine. Whatever, yeah. you know, there's no, there's not, you know, like looking at someone else and like judging them, it that comes out of like insecurity. Can, totally. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And I, I didn't feel like there was a ton of insecurity in the ska scene. Everyone was okay. Like looking like, yeah. you know, a Hawaiian shirt threw up, you know Being what I mean? Themselves. Yeah. <laughs> right. Everyone was fine. Like, Not worried about getting beat up or being no. judged. And, and, I, that. and a lot of ways, like from what I've read, it seemed like the early days of punk were like that, where yeah. people were like, Hey, look what I'm wearing. A, a plastic bag with a safety pin totally. to just be tweaked. Just to be weird. You yeah. know? And, uh, and that's why I liked it. We liked it. And we wore weird costumes. Every show we did wore something different. And then eventually it became like, what could be the dumbest thing we could be? Like, <laughs> let's be superheroes. Cause that was so nerdy. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like the eighties and nineties, if you were a superhero band, that's so, it's so nerdy. Like it's so nerdy. Yeah. It's like the ultimate dork badge. <laughs> But now it's like 20 years later, like superheroes are the biggest thing in the world. It's so crazy. It's huge, man. It's huge. <laughs> Would you ever have thought that? No. Like reading comic books when you're a kid that like <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man movies will make like billions of Dude. dollars. Like it's insane. You see Spider-Man? I didn't see it. I didn't see it. It's really good. My really kids good. have all seen it. They told me about it. I started watching it a little bit with my kids um, a couple weeks ago. It's, it's the new one yeah, with all three of them. And the I, I got to watch it. <laughs> but you know like with star wars and marvel and all that stuff i just started getting burned out like and i think i got a little with, with that with punk too a little bit in, uh -huh. the, in the late 80s it just i got a little bit well, it seems scary though. everything you're telling me is like scary to go there you know you, you go to yeah. shows to escape your reality in life to be with a bunch of people you can relate to a bunch of misfits when you go there and then you're scared for your life it's like and, and it would like go home that stay in my carried room. over i mean even in orange county like there was like crazy racists like skinheads would come to the that. shows yeah, and they dude. would like take off their shirts and there'd be like literally like a, a like three foot tattoo of hitler on a guy's back and, wow like, they would just start saluting in the middle of a pit and it was like they were just basically saying like come on let's go and he will take on anybody and and you know everyone's thinking the same thing like let's just kill these guys but then everyone's scared you know like everyone's yeah. like uh, i don't know like does a guy have a knife? Does he have a gun? And, yeah. You know, the eighties were, it was crazy like that. And with gangs and shootings and, and it's gotten so much more mellow, which is great. You yeah. Know? It's so Th mellow. Thank you. Minecraft, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's so true, man. But it was insane. Like, yeah. and I think, you know, going to the Aquabats and going to Yo Gabba Gabba and going to these like safe, positive places was kind of a direct result of like, coming out of tough places and you were on the streets, you know, totally, like in yeah, New York, sure. I'm sure oh, oh, it yeah. was insane. Wait, you know? Yeah, exactly. It was you know? in a different, different ways for sure. Yeah. It was warriors vibe too, but like, yeah, a little different. Yeah. A little right? different. <laughs> how, how many years were you guys together before Travis was in the band? 
So we started in 94 and Travis came in in 90 at the end of 95. Oh wow, okay. So we were I remember about, seeing you guys with him too. About a year and a half. Yeah. Um our original drummer Rod, he's a rad guy and um last time I I talked to him he was working at ESPN. Nice. But he was like playing in the band for fun and which we all were, but it was like a weekends only thing and he had a cool job and you know killer girlfriend and he, he kind of had his career going and yeah. we were all like guys that just wanted to see where you know where where's the wave gonna take us totally. you know? like let's keep surfing it like let's just see yeah. what happens you know and and so chad our bass player crash it, he knew travis from another band and he was like we were set to go on a tour and our drummer rod was like i'm not i can't go i can't go on this tour and, and he he couldn't go for more than two or three days, you know. So it yeah. was like one of those problems. Like, okay, well, we got to find someone that can. And <laughs> Chad invited Travis to come practice with us. And from the get go, it was like, oh my gosh, this guy is different. He's yeah. he's different. Yeah. He was only eighteen or nineteen. Damn. He came in. He set up his drums, and he had these weird tubes on the top of the drums. So they were like. Remember those shoes that you had that you could pump pump the shoes up yeah. and they like made them tighter. Yeah, <laughs> he had these like weird tubes on the top of his drums to like they were air tuners. It was like some experimental thing that he was using, and I'd never seen that before and, and not since because it, it yeah. must not have worked very good because <laughs> he didn't use it either. But he the, the crazy yeah. thing was he'd never heard our band before and he like looked at our CD. He was like okay, and then we'd start playing him a song. And we'd get like halfway through the song and be like, I got it. And we were like, really? You don't want to listen to the whole way, the way it ends and everything? He's like, nah, I'll figure it out. And he was so intuitive and so like good. He would click it off and it was the loudest I've ever heard someone hit the drums. And he nailed it like note for note. Like he'd only heard it. 30 seconds of the song and he even got the like changes like he would he would he could into into it like okay they're going to change right now and he would change and it was like wow and we went through the whole record like that our whole first record he'd only listen to like maybe a minute maybe 30 seconds he'd be like i got it and i think he only had two tattoos at the time oh yeah yeah he was just a kid and that's um, insane man and he just nailed it and he was just Travis. He, was this his first tour going on? Yeah, that tour? was his first time that he ever went on tour. Wow. And he's from, you know, Fontana. Yeah. He's come from a rough area. And, you know, he's got that gangster in him, you know? Totally. And I remember we, we played some sh- this show in Colorado and some guy jumped up on stage and, like, started, like, messing around and, like, bumped me off the stage. And I, like, I pushed him back. I'm like, take it easy, man. And then there was going to be a fight. And Travis stopped playing his drums. And he jumped out over his drums with a screwdriver. And he, like, was going to stab this guy with a screwdriver. Holy <laughs> and we're like, no, Travis, no, don't stab the guy. Wow. But, the, you know, there was no security. It was like those shows where they do them yeah. at, like, there's no security. Yeah. And it's like some kids doing it in it's his. DIY basement yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. We played a ton of those shows on that first tour. But Wow. That's yeah, so first that- time on tour for Travis. First time for me, too. I mean, that, like a tour tour, you know. Yeah. And, like, the van broke down in the middle of the tour. And we had to stay at this uh, girl Nancy's house in Colorado for 
a couple weeks while they fixed our van. A couple and weeks? Yeah. It was one of those things. They're like, we'll, um, th- you know. You guys just hanging out? They had to fix a transmission, and then we had to get money wired because we had no money. You know what I mean? You're just hanging out there? Oh, yeah. We just hung out. <laughs> I think it was a week. I, I don't want to say a couple wow, weeks. Wow. Just chilling. It's, but it, like, threw out all of our other shows, and we had to drive back. and Yeah, it was just crazy, you know? Yeah. The next tour, we rented a RV and went in an RV and... <laughs> that was crazy <laughs> you know just yeah those shows and um it's crazy did travis did travis stay with you guys for a while on yeah he was with us for a bit yeah and um so was he on the first record so we have a, we had the first record that we did on our own yeah. it was kind of more like a demo and it's called the return of, of the, the acrobats yeah, yeah. yeah and then um he hung with us and um this is this is a rad story and um, Paul Tillette who does Coachella yeah yeah you know you know Paul yep he's he's Golden Voice right yep so he came up to us after a show that, and this I think this might have even been Travis's first show with us we played with Fishbone okay and we were opening for Fishbone and th- this is a funny story too like we're getting ready we're getting ready to play and I walked up to Travis and gave him his costume and he's like what's this and I go that's your costume and he's like what do you mean my costume? And I'm like, we wear costumes. And I showed him the CD. Remember? <laughs> and he was like, oh, I thought that was just for the, the album cover. I thought that was a joke. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it is a joke, but we really play the, with the costumes on. <laughs> and he, he looked so bummed. Like, oh man, really? I got to wear this stupid costume. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, it's funny. Like just, it's, it's so dumb. It's good. It's our thing. Like that's what we do. Wow. Anyway, he I did it. He did it. And I think he didn't really want to do it. And he, he hung with it for a couple of years for sure. But that was the first show of fishbone first show with fishbone. And after the show it was at the glass house, you know, Pomona, great spot, amazing place. Paul Tillette came up to us and said, Hey, um, you know, I always want to start a record label. Sorry. That's a record label. He's like, I always wanted to start a record label, golden voice records. He's like, we work with so many bands over the years and done so much stuff. And I've always seen some great bands. I, w- I wish I could put them out. And he's like the last band that I promoted and worked with that. I was like, I should start a record label and have this band be my first band. Yeah. The last band that I had that experience with was no doubt. Wow. And they, and I didn't do it. They went on to be no doubt. Yeah. He's like, the only other band I've felt that way about since then is you guys. Wow. He's like, do you guys want to be the first band on golden voice records? And we were like, what are you kidding <laughs> me? Amazing. Yeah. And I think of all the like punk shows I went to all the golden voice shows, all the golden voice flyers I had. I was like, so I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're like a joke, mm-hmm. but, and ironically it was Travis's first show that I think that's when it happened. Wow. And, um, obviously with an amazing drummer like Travis, it's like, okay, this, this isn't just a joke. Like these guys know how to play. And we had good musicians in the band, Mm -hmm. but with Travis, it just seemed like a totally different thing. I can't imagine, dude. You know? Yeah. And so we were like, yes. And it took golden voice records a little while to get going, but eventually we did a deal with them and we did our next record, the fury of the aquabats. The aquabats. Yeah. That came out on, Golden Voice Records. That was 97, I think. 97, yeah. yeah. So um, so Travis had been in like a, a little over a year when we started recording that. And um, 
it took took a little bit to get it all done. We recorded at Paramount in 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 Hollywood. That was probably one of his first recordings. Oh no, yeah, right, no. I, a couple. He, he might have done like a, some of his other bands that he was in before. Yeah, but yeah, I was mean, Blink already going too? No, Blink was a band. Yeah, okay, yeah. The, the, Blink was definitely a band, and they were Blink, not Blink One Eighty Two, ah. right before the One Eighty Two came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um. Yeah, and so we did the Fury, and we did we toured on that, and it just kind of became like a, a thing. We got played on K Rock, and it's awesome. Super Rad was like, again, like <laughs> a song called Super Rad. It's like if you know, you know. Like you yeah. you skate, so like if you had a song and you called it Super Rad, obviously you're joking around. Like yeah. it's a, a sarcastic, like, <laughs> super rad, dude. You know, you know? Yeah. Anyway, the fact obviously that people it, loved it though. Yeah. People liked it and we liked it and you know, we got to meet heroes like Tim Armstrong and you know, awesome. um, once our, the record was done, I went over to Mutato on sunset, the, you know, that green spaceship yeah, yeah, yeah. where the Devo guys work. Cause mm. Devo was like, that was the band, you okay. know? So I took the record over there and, um, I was I wrote a nice letter to Mark Mothersbaugh and I was going to leave it on the doorstep and just walk away. So I left it and I turned around and Mark Mothersbaugh was standing right there. He's like, hey, can oh I help God, you? Dude. And I was like, uh, <laughs> help. <laughs> I can't breathe. That's insane. And he's like, can I help you? And I was like, oh, just I was just leaving this here for you, actually. He's like, what is it? And he like opened it up. Aquabats. So oh, I've heard of you guys. Wow. And I'm like, you have? He's like, yeah, yeah. You you're, you play around here, and he's like, why don't you come in? We'll t-. and he like we spent two hours with him, and he was like, no way, showing dude. us all his computers and keyboards, and that's just incredible. A, man. Became friends, you know, with Mark right there, and so wow. Like, yeah, being in the band was like a, a cool door to meeting people, and that, it's been for you too. You totally. know, like all your heroes, like it's crazy, man. Steve Caballero. I know it's crazy when you see these guys grow up in magazines. You think they're like way older than you then you meet them like oh man they're only a couple of years older but in the magazines they seem like they're like oh yeah ah, up here you know yeah even tony always seems so much older than than uh, tony hawk yeah he's only a couple of years older than me i think he's probably your age or a little little maybe a little older than you yeah right yeah it's 54 crazy. maybe he is just that journey of like being in a band and like traveling meeting other bands and different cities and like you said, me and your heroes, it's, it's, it's awesome. That's dude. so cool. And then, you know, we got to like kind of parlay that into the Yo Gabba thing, but yeah. So were you writing stuff at all when you were a kid? Were you always, were you writing things? Were you thinking about producing things? No. I know you said you were filming skaters behind I, the scenes. Yeah, I did. I did uh, camera work for skateboarding, um, as kind of like just a job. I worked at Val Surf. I don't know if you know Val Surf yeah, is. Yeah, like a, I worked there. I just sent Brett Gerwitz here the other day. He hit me up. Shout out to Brett Gerwitz. He's like, you know a good skate shop to bring my nine-year-old to? I was like, Val Surf. And he's like, the place from the 70s? I'm like, yeah. It's still there. So yeah. he went there. Yeah. And then yeah, you know, I, he also worked in like action sports industry too, right? Cameraman stuff? Yeah, camera stuff and, and at Ruka. And I worked for Blind and Mark Mark and Jason, Mark Gonzalez and Jason Lee. I worked with those guys. and But just kind of more like less about like a career and yeah. more like I'm just hanging doing fun stuff you yeah, know and these your homies too and, and, yeah. and that's always kind of been it's weird like I I guess I should have like written songs I should have maybe studied the guitar but I was always <laughs> just like a big music fan yeah like, I just yeah. loved music I, I you know, growing up in LA and I talked to Matt Bronx about this a couple of weeks ago but great band great guy with um 
KROQ, like K-Rock back in the 80s was a different thing. Like now it's just everything, every radio station is just like corporate rock. It's they were like, playing like a lot of local bands back they then. They played a lot yeah. of local bands. They played tons of like English stuff that was like, where is this stuff coming cool. from? I mean, I think the rise of bands, especially in the States, like Depeche Mode and The Cure and like a lot of those big alternative bands, it has to do with like the, the gate was like, coming through LA through K rock. They awesome. like introduced a ton of new stuff all the time to the radio. I mean, I, I was like, it, there was like Brian Eno and English bead and like just this weird mix, but then they'd play like the bangles or yeah. black, <laughs> black flag. It was like yeah. a, a crazy mix of, of music. Yeah. And the stuff that, you know, obviously stuck around was some of the more cheesier pop stuff. Like, just can't get enough from Depeche Mode, you know, like yeah. that's like ultimate song of all time, you know, yeah. Blue Monday from New Order, like those, they still play those songs, but yeah. I, I remember when they came in, it was like, wow, this is so fresh and crazy, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and but, then and then there was so much punk music to like dive into in L.A. and so like just being a big music fan, like I just wanted to eventually just do it for fun. Just, yeah. Just joking around, you know? So are you doing acrobats at that time? Is that you making a living on that? That's all you're doing. Um, before Gabba? no, I, I, okay. So I got married in 98 and we, and all I was doing was acrobats at the time. So our big record, the fury, of the acrobats <laughs> comes out in 97 and I get married a year later. And gotcha. some of the guys in the band are like, dude, what are you doing? Like getting married. I'm like, I'm well, whatever i love her like you're married 96 it's my wife you know like awesome and then we had our first kid we didn't even wait like we had our first kid a year later 99 wow and we were like what do we have to wait for let's just have a family yeah you know (laughs) let's drop in (laughs) what could go wrong you know and then obviously it's it's tough having a family and 99 when my kid was born my first child was born uh, that's when new metal came in, like mm. Limp Biscuit and all that stuff. And Corn. things started really changing with like the internet. I guess not, not even yeah. then. Like it's just started coming in and corn was huge and ska was, it was like a backlash against like pop, I remember that. poppy music. Yeah. And we, we were never going to be able to like commercially hold it together. You know, I think we got lucky with Super Rad because we had some, um, we had Paul Tillette, you know, Paul Tillette had K-Rock. Yeah. Because prom- they promoted all their shows. Everything, and he was yeah. like, hey, I want you guys, you guys owe me a favor kind of a thing. Was, you know, they, they say there's no payola, but, you yeah. know, it's like friends help each other out. And totally. Like, you think about how many bands are popular because they somebody knew somebody at their label. Like, or the radio station, 100%. I mean, think about Descendants. Like, let's just think about Descendants. Like, when I get the time, like... That song could be it's an amazing pop song. A top forty hit forever. It could be one of those classic. Rock I agree, songs, man. Right? I agree. But why didn't it get out there? Because great point, man. You know, there's so much good music that sour just, grapes. Oh, it just goes right under the bridge. You know, it's a great point, right? Yeah. And so I think we got lucky. We knew some people, but I just knew that there was no way to sustain like really a career in the Aquabats, like unless we shifted gears and it became like a TV thing, you know, because, okay, this is how, this is how it could survive. Yeah. And then having a kid, I started watching a lot of like little kids shows and just realizing, wow, there's some really dumb kid stuff Mm -hmm. out here, you know, and like (laughs) stuff that talks down to kids. It doesn't like 
yeah empower kids and make them feel like they're solid on the ground and, yeah. and that's just the sky's the limit they can do whatever they want and that's that's really where yo gabba gabba came from and i was working other jobs i was working i was working a night shift with joe nelson we joe nelson yeah. shout out to joe nelson yeah man. joe nelson we were trust records killing that's, that's right trust records he's that's awesome so he's cool. landed in a really rad spot yeah we were like driving the forklifts for like late night shifts to doing like <laughs> forklift driving, like moving, you know, Christmas baskets. Like wow. we were doing all kinds of stuff, like just, and Joe was managing Aquabats for a while. Like, gotcha. Cause you know, it's Joe. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the Aquabats super show was after Gabba. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so okay. we tried to, we were trying to get the Aquabats going. Um, when I got married, I was like, okay, this is the way we could keep doing this is if it became a TV show and we put it out there and like we had a deal from Disney and we did like a little pilot and it, it was terrible and there was <laughs> just no way it was going to go anywhere. And I, I didn't think it was dead. It's just kind of like it, we didn't do it right. You yeah. know, it's kind of like if you have an idea, like I have an idea, it's called the telephone <laughs> and then you make it and it didn't work. Yeah. You're not just going to like, okay, that's a bad idea. You're going to go, we didn't do it right. So we just didn't do it, it right. Yeah. And like the timing was off. And so then Yo Gabba Gabba idea came around and this is like 90 later, uh, actually 2000, 2001. Yeah. We started thinking of the idea and then um, we just, we started pitching it, but people were, didn't get it. And I think I posted something on my Instagram about, about that. We had these little pitch books and we go out and show people and they're like, it was kind of like that movie Hudsucker Proxy where uh, Tim Robbins has a circle on a paper. He's like, you know, for kids. And they're like, what are you talking about? And then they make a hula hoop and it's like, the, mm. you know, yeah. we were pitching this idea for Yo Gabba Gabba and people were like, what is it animated? And we're like, no, no, no. And, and just people weren't getting it. So we knew we needed to do it independently. Is the name inspired by Ramones? Gabba Gabba. We accept a little bit. Uh, it, it's, um, we wanted to come up with like a nonsensical magic word, yeah. kind of like abracadabra or like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and <laughs> we were going through all these ideas and like combinations of phonetic sounds like Baba Goo Goo or mm. <laughs> Kaja Goo Goo or like sounds that little babies could make. Oh yeah. yeah. Like those rudimentary, simple noises. Yeah. That, and we were, we were just coming up with combos and someone came up with the Gabba Gabba and, and, and of course the, the freaks and the Ramones thing popped in my head. I'm like, there's something to that. I think that's good. And then we just added like a yo, yeah. like yo MTV raps <laughs> and it, it like, works. Yo so Gabba Gabba. It just, it just seemed like that was it. And there's so much stuff that happened in creating the show that just you, it's like the intuition, that feeling like, that's it. You, yeah. you know, you, there's like mm -hmm. a spiritual feeling almost where yeah. you can't explain it and you don't, you can't write type up a novel about it, but you just know in your heart and in your chest, like this is the one that's it. That, yeah. That's kind of, there was so much stuff that happened on the show like that. And even the name was just, well, people tripping on the name at first. Obviously. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Like, like it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's just, it's just a magic word, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. It just works so good. Yo, 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 gabba, gabba. Yeah. Right, and it, yeah. it's just one of those uh, like unexplainable things. And there were so many things that happened. Was it hard to get it picked up or sold or whatever? How you do that? Whatever when you pitched it and stuff. I think relatively no, but it okay. took some time because we had to make it. We we went. It took a few years, and then we we met up with some friends, um, 
we didn't meet up with them. They're just our friends. We're like, <laughs> hey, do we, and so these guys previously had a chance to invest in Napoleon Dynamite, like some of my wow. friends, and they, they, they're like, they're our buddies we grew up with, and they had a chance to to. Kind of like Paul Tillet had a chance to start, you know, Golden Voice Records with no doubt. These yeah. guys had a chance to invest in Napoleon Dynamite, and it became such a huge hit that they're like, okay, next time something comes around, let's invest. Smart. And so we had shot this really simple thing, and we showed it to them, and they're like, we don't get this, but I, we know you guys, and you're not going to make something bad. Yeah. So yeah, we'll help you guys put up the money. And we, we shot two pilot episodes of Yo Gabba Gabba and, um, on a really small budget. Yeah. And I could probably say now we weren't always telling what it was, but it was $150,000 okay. to make two episodes. Wow. And that's just for two. Yeah. For one, that's cheap. Yeah. But for two, it's like unheard of, you know? Yeah. And we just, we just figured out how to do it. We didn't have the space to build the whole big set. You you came down to the set once, didn't think, you, with yeah, the max? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. And I you did. saw how big it was. Yeah. Like we 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 could we we took five days. One day was this part of it, and we shot all the stuff we needed for that. Then you know we just wrap it, and then the next day was this part, and we would make it so like you know we just edited it all together, and it seemed mm-hmm. like one continuous thing. Yeah. But it was a process, and anyway. Um, did you do all the writing for everything that Scott and I, yeah, my yeah. buddy Scott and I, we wrote it all. We, we directed it. Um, so cool, man. We wrote, I wouldn't say we wrote all the songs cause we had friends writing songs, you know, like yeah. other songwriters and Ricky, our drummer from the Aquabats wrote songs and some of Scott's friends wrote songs. Adam, who is our, you know, keyboard player and Aquabats, a trumpet player, he wrote a ton of songs and he he's the voice of Muno, the big Cyclops yeah. and just friends. It's so like, sick, Hey man. guys, let's make a show of our buddies. You know, yeah. it's like the little rascals, like we're going to put on a show. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of how it, it came around. And then once we had that proof of concept, I think in hindsight, that was, that was everything, you know, proof of concept is everything. And yeah, at the time we thought we'll make these two episodes and we'll take it on the road and then sell these DVDs. That's how we're going to make money. Wow. Is off the DVDs. That's that's <laughs> how old it was. Yeah. Like, Dang. We'll make these DVDs. We'll take the show and do like a live thing with the characters. And when kids want to watch it, they can take it. And then in the meantime, we'll send these DVDs around to the studios and see if they want, if they gotcha. want it. So initially we sent the DVDs out to, you know, everyone, Nickelodeon, Disney, everywhere, PBS. Yeah. And we had no replies. Like, <laughs> okay. And this is like three weeks later. Well, no one said anything and we gave them a card to call us, yeah, you know, yeah. just expecting them to call, you know, yeah. just so like <laughs> naive. It's a different world for you guys. Though, too. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then we put up a clip on YouTube and then it went viral. And that was, mm. that was what did it. Like we put up a clip and people were like, what is this? We got to see this. And then we start getting calls. Like then people start calling. Really? Yeah. And this was early days of YouTube. You couldn't yeah. even, you couldn't monetize off YouTube. If we if you could have monetized off YouTube when we made this show, we would have just kept it on YouTube. Honestly, it. yeah, because we would have been so killing. It's it. It's like sixty six episodes, right? Yeah. Wow, man. I mean, so it's, it ended up it, on Nick Jr. Right? It ended up on Nick Jr. And Brown Johnson, who's the executive over like Blues Clues and a number of Blues successful Clues. shows. Remember that <laughs> she was like, "This show is awesome," and here's what we're going to do. We're going to license it because if we own it, we're going to change it and it's going to make it worse. 
we were like, what? Who says that? It's yeah. She's like, you guys keep it exactly That's like you're incredible. And she dude. fought for us hard. Like she's like that A and R person inside the, the yeah. you know, like we need another hit song. No, leave these guys alone. They're, you know, like just let them do. There's always thing. somebody. Yeah, that's amazing. And so it was cool. I mean, it was cool. And then just things wow. started going. You know, yeah. And people people got it, and that's what was rad. And I think it comes out of like guys like you and people our age that skateboarded and listened to punk and. They became parents. All they that became stuff. parents yeah, yeah. and are like, I need something for my kid to watch. Like, yeah, my son loved it, man. It's crazy. That's man. So good. Yeah. And I, you know what's rad is like, and I'm not taking credit for this because obviously he has amazing influences at home, but being able to be a part of his journey and like plant some seeds for music and for styles and you know, it's part of, it's in his DNA now, like from watching the show, yeah, you know, man, like his creative DNA. hundred percent. And I'm, again, I'm not taking credit for it, no, but it just no, feels it's ex- true. exciting to me that he's like, a, he's an adult. Yeah. He's like a 20 year old kid. <laughs> yeah. He plays the drums, he surfs and he, yeah. like, he grew up watching Yo Gabba Gabba. That's like thrilling to me, you know? It's, it's awesome, man. So it's, exciting, you know? Yeah. He, he's another one of us, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like a, you know. Like no, it's true. Rad, it's, it's beautiful, rad. man. Be able yeah. to create that for children and then, have people love it and continue. You did so many of them, man. A hundred percent. It changed your life. And you know, it, it totally changed my life in a lot of good ways because it was like also like a, a confirmation that like positivity pays off and that like, like loving people and believing in people and having faith in each other. Like it just pays off. Like just go the course, do the right thing. You know, all those things. Yes. And, um, you know, and, and for my own part, like obviously my faith and beliefs and God was, I felt I had a big hand in it yeah. because there was so much, many magical things that happened that I can't just explain away mm-hmm. as like, well, you know, I'm so smart because I graduated <laughs> high school. <laughs> I went to college to yeah. figure out how to do this. <laughs> I feel like the more people lean on like the understandings of like, books and things like that and less on like the intuition and like what feels right totally it it clogs things up and i feel and that's just my own experience maybe that's just my excuse or justification for not like (laughs) being smarter but we just leaned so hard on like god help us like Mm -hmm. help us do the right thing for the these kids yeah for the show and we took it seriously it wasn't you know it got a little bit away from us where when the show got really popular, did y'all feel like you losing control of it? A, a little bit, and, and it the I think we lost control a little bit of the focus, and it became like, hey, you know, Snoop Dogg's on the line; he wants to be on the show, or like you wow. know, people people were getting really like wanted to be on the show, really, and we started like, and the network obviously was like, that was that's all they wanted. It must be surreal. Yeah, more crazy. more celebrities, more celebrities, and it it got a little bit away of the. The, the focus and the, the nucleus of the show, yeah. which is like do something positive for children, make them feel safe and mm-hmm. loved and give them power to like make a better world. Like totally focus the energy on what's important, not just making a show to make toys and make money and breakfast cereals and all that crap. We did so many things, right? Like that. We did so much stuff, but Wow. I think if that was our design in the beginning and it wasn't like pure, like purely like making a show for Max, making yeah, yeah, yeah. for Penelope, for like our kids, you yeah. know, like what's going to make them feel good and help them through tough times or 
if they're scared of the dark, like what song could we write? Or like, yeah. you know, really coming out of a place of love was that once you start getting away from that, then things started getting a little like loose in the show, yeah. you know? And were they trying to take over like what you guys wrote? Fortunately. Yeah. Well, a little bit, uh, not, not, necess- not too much. They were the creative execs at Nickelodeon were actually really pretty cool. Um, but they also have mandates and agendas yeah. at, at court because it's a business. It's yeah, a man. business, and they it's huge. They were just like the more celebrities you can get in the show, and that, that but it wasn't it, about that originally. It, no, it that. wasn't, yeah. and it, sh- it shouldn't have gotten about. Did Snoop that. make the show? He he did the live show. Nice. He did the live show. <laughs> With Biz Markie though, Biz Markie was on every wow, episode. Dude, practically, that's yeah. incredible. So man. awesome. He was, at, you know, and obviously you're from. New I grew York, up on him. And yeah, it's like man. growing up with hip hop and punk. Like that, yeah. that, that was what we did. Like listening to all that stuff, you know? Yeah. The jungle brothers Ooh, and, you know, yeah, man. BDP and like all that stuff. So that like, must've been cool to have. He must've been amazing. So man. great. And he was super cool. And, um, it was just so organic how that all happened. Yeah, how, yeah, how he was in happen? the pilot. Okay. He was in the pilot. Yeah. So what happened was, is, Love uh, biz Marquis has a song called the biz Nets doing the biz dance. And it's like, mm-hmm. throw your arms in. It's like just some <laughs> crazy weird <laughs> dance. So amazing, right. Yeah. And Scott Schultz, my partner on the show, he had an idea like, Hey, what if we taught kids like just a silly dance to like, just get them up and get them moving while they're watching the show. Because that was an, we had this like mm. conscience about the show too, as we realized we're actually going to be giving screen time to kids yeah, and they're going to get it either way. And we'd rather them watching something positive, but what if, if we could empower them or like inspire them to get up and move not around, just there. not yeah, just yeah. to sit there. Yeah, yeah. So he wanted to have an active parts in the show. So that's where like the dancey dance stuff came from and the Lance dance and like Lance, yeah, Lance showing like people dancing and like, come on, get up. Like that was like a big, yeah. Issue. So the, the biz dance inspired that. And then Scott was like, what if we could get biz like to actually teach it? He's like, that's my dream. When, if this show ever gets picked up, that's our, my dream. I'm like, well, why don't we just try? We're doing a pilot. We're shooting it next week. Let's just see where biz is. So and, how do you reach out to biz? And so team? that's the thing. Our, our <laughs> producer, Justin, Facebook was like a new thing. He just looked up biz on Facebook and he's like, guess what guys? Biz is performing in LA the week we're shooting the pilot. No way, dude. And that's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, man, for sure. That feeling that you get like, this is meant to be. Like, this is what the universe, this is what God wants. This Mm -hmm. is the like, this is supposed to happen. Yeah. And then we We show up to a show or something. We emailed him and said, hey, we're doing a kid's show. We want you to be a part of it. And we're not with a network. It's an independent. Was it his email? Yeah, we oh it was Sick. it was Monty Biz, uh, okay. Mon- Monty was his manager. Manager, okay, okay. And we emailed Monty. He emailed us back and said, "Sure, we'll we'll show up." But wow. you know, there was a fee, of course. But it wasn't like crazy, outrageous. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, we'll come down for five hundred bucks. Yeah, it was just it was cheap. That's amazing. Yeah, for us it was like, well, okay, only five hundred bucks. You know, because it's yeah. Bismarcky. You know, totally. If he would have asked for ten grand, we would have been like, yeah, well, it's Bismarcky. You know. It was like, mm-hmm. He came down and he did a dancey dance. And then the minute he was done with the dancey dance, he said, you know, if this show goes and gets picked up, I want to teach kids how to beatbox. He's like, watch. He's like, hey, kids, business beat of the day. And then he started doing the beat. No. And I'm like, stop, He's- stop. Let's go. Put it. We put up a green screen. Like, put, do it right now. Let's do it right now. Let's put it in the thing. Oh, my God. And because it was one of those feelings like, yeah. this has to be on the show. 
right? Yeah. And it was sick. He, he just so cool, he man. he made it up. And that, that's so so much stuff on Yo Gabba Gabba came from Lance Rock or the actors. Or, Where's Lance or, from? Where's Lance from? Lance is from St. Louis originally. Okay. Amazing. And he moved out here to LA to be part of the entertainment capital of the world, you know? Like not to be an actor, but to be like a musician. He's a DJ. Yeah. And that's where Scott met him. Scott was in a band touring and Lance was in a band called the Raymakers. Okay. And they were like a kind of electro pop band and Lance would DJ and dance. And when we were putting the show together, we were trying to come up with a host idea. Scott was like, I have the perfect guy, Lance. His name is Lance. (laughs) And he was working at Amoeba records on, uh, sunset. Yeah, Yeah. And, um, he's like, I'll call him. So he said, it's this meeting up. We go down to meet Lance at, Sun- at Amoeba. And um, we're like, hey, is Lance? Scott's like, hey, is Lance here? And they're like, yeah, we'll go get him. And Lance comes out from the back. And literally, he's wearing like rainbow striped pants. And he had like this crazy, like Perfect. sly in the family stone collar. He had a giant fro and he had a beard at the time. And he's like, hey, friends, what's up? Like, so, <laughs> like, just that. Perfect. Was, I was like, again, that feeling like, yeah. this is the guy. The door is open. Yeah. You know, take them, take them with you. You, you, you need to, it was like those it's feelings, insane, man, all those like magic things happened. It was like, what? Yeah. You know, does Bismarcky come out here to film stuff? Well, he was just filming it back East. And- yeah. No, he, he would come out. Wow. He would come out. And I do, I know he doesn't like flying on planes, so he would, they would drive and I think he would fly sometimes though, but yeah, he would come out and we would bundle like two days of biz, like fill, film all his stuff in two days. Wow, man. You know, like give him wardrobe change and then... He was know. totally cool with everything. Oh, so cool. And then he did the live tour. I think he did it four times. He did the live tour. He would tour on the bus. He would come... Because, you know, I don't did know if he had a wife ever, and kids. I don't know. I don't know if he had wife did he and kids. He had right. a wife at the end. Yeah. And he lived in, lived in New and York I think still. she has, a, has like a kid from a different marriage. And was he in Long Island or New York? He still lived in New York, right? Straight up. Baltimore. Wow! Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he's living in Baltimore for a long time, and talking with Biz about sports was fun because, like, you know, <laughs> he's like he's living in Baltimore, so Ravens, you know. But then he, I like Pittsburgh, you know. I like, <laughs> you know, he, he's he'd be talking about like because he's from all over the place, but yeah. New York, you know, he started in New York. But I'm he, so happy he got to be part of that. Oh man, man we, we were so lucky to be a part of that and have him, you know, be part of our lives as well because it's just amazing. Such such a rad guy. So funny. And Cool V, his DJ, and they'd come out. They were a big part of holding the live tour together, too, because they had so much experience. Yeah, totally. And then there's a lot of guys, you know, Lance had been in bands, like, playing in small clubs, but coming out to, like, 5,000 people. It got that big, huh? Yeah, oh, it got huge. Wow, man. And um, And you would be on the whole tour and everything? Our first tour we did was um, Australia. We toured Australia first. Dang. And the first show was, like, Almost ten thousand people, like in this arena. Isn't it crazy? In like you've been in a band for all these years, like just playing music, having fun, and you come out with this show. And yeah, you play these arenas and shit. arenas. It was wow. crazy. It's a wholly, totally different production schedule and rehearsals and getting it all down. You know, you know, you're in a band. Like, hey, we got the songs down. Let's go play. You know, yeah. We'll roll out the banner and then boom. We're like. For the Aquabats, we have a screen with the place videos, but like it's not, it's no big deal, you know. So, what years was that when it was huge? So like it that? started two thousand nine. Yeah, was the first time we toured, and then we did a bunch of tours after that. Um, it just got bigger and bigger. Two thousand eleven, two thousand 
14. Yeah, got bigger and bigger and better and better. It's crazy, man. And uh, yeah, and then you'd go to shows and there'd be all these like famous people with their kids. And then just wow, like the first time we did the tour in Sydney, I remember I, I flew out there because I'm like, I'm going and <laughs> you guys are going to pay for it because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be there. <laughs> and uh, the first night, um, it's packed arena in Sydney and I went up to the top to where the real people are sitting. Like no offense to anyone that yeah, bought, yeah. bought the tickets in the front. They're real people too. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I come from the people that couldn't afford to go to totally. those shows. Those leads. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's my family. We, we never hardly did any of that stuff cause we didn't have any money. And so yeah. I went to the nosebleeds and there was this, um, it was like a Maori family from New Zealand. Wow. It was mom and dad. There were three kids and the grandma and grandpa. And they were singing all the songs. Beautiful, man. And I just start crying, dude. I couldn't. Wow. And then the, the dad comes up to me. He's like, are you okay, bro? You know, you know this accent. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm like, yeah, just this is really awesome. Like, thank you. And he's like, what? Because <laughs> he, he didn't know who I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he, I, I was like trying to explain it to him. But eventually, by the end of the show, I explained like why I was touched, you mm-hmm. know. But it just felt like being a part of something that was way bigger than yeah than me you know or like this it's incredible this man. is something that like the world needs yeah and that sounds really like cocky but i i'm not attaching myself to that yeah. i'm just saying that the, it feels like something like yo gabba gabba needed to happen whether it was me or somebody else or mm-hmm. it's just something that needed it needed to be there yeah you know, the world needed positive vibes like there has to be a countermeasure to all the negativity 100%, in our man. world and being a part of like the insurgency, you know, I yeah. love it. I love, I love being a part of it's beautiful, man, the positivity, you know? And so, yeah, it was, emo- it was emotional because I realized that I was, I, I was just a little part of making something. Yeah. And it, again, like I give all the credit to everybody else too yeah you know like there's it's a team it's not just me when it's blowing up do you do you realize it's blowing up is it very surreal yeah does it happen pretty fast um i don't know like yeah. it's just kind of you're kind of focused on what you're doing and yeah you're, 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 yeah it's weird it's weird being like and i i equate this like there's a line in one of the aquabat songs it's like <laughs> waving checkered flags at the malibu grand prix it's like you're, mm-hmm. that's your job. I'm, I'm, t- I'm going to quit my job because my job is waving the checkered flag, watching everybody else win. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, yeah, for a long time I felt like that. Like all, a lot of my friends went on to become super famous. And totally. Like very Jason and Spike Jones mm-hmm. and like Mark Gonzalez. I mean, those guys were already legends, yeah. but like even more so. And then like, you know, being in bands and seeing guys like, win winning the lottery totally. you know, like travis and yeah y- you know there's a lot of other examples i could use yeah and it's not by saying that i'm not saying like well what about me like no, uh, no. i'm just saying like watching other people ex- blow up i got used to kind of just thinking about well that's not gonna happen to me like yeah my job is just focus on what i want to do and have fun yeah yeah, yeah. and Paul Tillett told me that one time too. He's like, you know what I like about you, Christian, is even if you were just selling your paintings on in Huntington Beach on the street, you would still be doing that. He's like, I'm just glad that Yo Gabba Gabba popped off for you guys. Yeah, because it's fun. It's cool to see that something that you're doing 
is got out there and is totally. affecting other people. Yeah, in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah, and so for I think as far as it like blowing up, it it still never really felt like that. And you know, part of that's also like financially, it was tricky too. Like, but does that? But it does change your life financially. No. No. Okay. Okay. That that's that's another reason why ah, it's like you see all these you. guys like oh Travis owns his giant mansion in Calabasas <laughs> and every Cadillac ever made you know what I mean like yes. you know what I mean that's rad for Travis but like wow that was another thing that was crazy is the show was like a worldwide hit <sighs> but we had a bad we had bad partners oh, it was like a bad man. record deal and so the story just got really sad now yeah but Damn. not really though because it's kind of like one of those things where if you never had money, but you had joy, that's yeah. all that matters. No, that's true. You that's know, totally right. Cause yeah. money would solve a lot of problems. As long as you feel like you're paid for your work, your hard work. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And we got paid while we were doing the show. Yeah. But all the like stuff afterwards, the residuals and all that stuff, like, royalties, all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Nothing. Gotcha. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I'm always hesitant to bring that up because There's a lot of people on the podcast talk about that in their life. Different, different yeah, because I'm always hesitant to talk about it because I don't want people to think I'm ungrateful or again, no, I, not I at feel all. I'm entitled to this. But and, you busted and, your ass and worked hard and to I do it. And I also don't want to get in a legal problem yeah, because yeah, yeah. we're still partners with the people that mm-hmm. have all the money. <laughs> yeah. And it could come back someday. Yeah. Oh, it's coming back. Okay. We're, we're actually in pre-production right now. Wow. With Apple TV to do a new season of Yo Gabba Gabba. Amazing. So, and it ended in 2015? 2015 was the last time it aired. Last time it but aired. But we stopped shooting 2012. Wow. Okay. So like we haven't shot years. a wow. new episode in 10 years. Yeah. It's That's exciting 10. though, right? Yeah. So back. exciting. And things are different. And, and the same people. For the most part, yeah. the same people and Lance. We've been talking to him and trying to get him, you know, like secure he, that. Yeah, he's back, right, we yeah. want to bring him back. Is I mean, he in Cali still? He's in yeah. He's cool. in L.A. He's the L.A. guy now. So also rest in peace, Biz Markey. Yeah, and that we're talking about that was heavy, man. how to how to uh, honor his yeah. legacy in the show. Were you talking to him before he got sick and stuff? Like yeah, that you know yeah. that's it's like when Steve Caballero texts you and says, "Toby, what's up, bro?" And yeah. you're like, "Whoa," Biz or like Markey, dude. Biz would keep in touch with us. He'd call me. Like I'd be in the middle of like, you know, Thanksgiving dinner or something. <laughs> yeah. I look at my phone. It's Biz, you know, like so Biz, what's up, man? He's like, Christian, uh, you know, what are you doing? He's had so you much know? life, man. Uh, he he, so yeah. And he just, he would just energy. call to check in. Like, how you doing, man? Yeah. And, um, when are we doing more shows? You know, I got to get out there. Hey, send me more shoes. He always loved free stuff too. What like, kind of shoes would you send him? Vans. Okay. He rocks in vans, he, huh? Yeah, he. he so, sick. but you know, it's it's biz, and he's comes from where he comes from, and so like when there's free stuff, he's always. But like, he's a person I I would love to see in a mansion as well. Yeah, of course. Somebody who changed the game of hip hop, paid his dues, inspired yeah. so many people, just like a lot of the bands that we love that. A lot of bands surpass them, but they're the creators and they're the you know they're OGs. You know what I'm saying? Right, and I don't think it was it like that for, for Biz. Yeah. And and that's why for him, Yo Gabba Gabba was like a new life. And I know, and I love that. It gave him new life. And it, was, and, it was perfect. And we didn't. It wasn't like by design. Like, yeah. hey, we're gonna give Biz new life. No, we just no, no. loved Biz. Yeah. You know, and and so he's it, probably so grateful for that. Uh, man. And he was, he was, and he would always call and just be like, "Wow, man, you know, we got to do more shows and." You could just feel that he loved 
being a part of it. You probably started getting recognized as being on that show, not even hip hop, all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. And even Mark Mothersbaugh, like he'll text me or call me every now and then. And to me, that's just like, what? Yeah. Because it's Devo, you know? And Mark um, always says, he's like, he's like, I got recognized more for Yo Gabba Gabba than for Devo, 100%. Wow, man. He's like, I go still, he goes, I still walk through airports today and little kids will point at me and go, Mommy, it's Yo Gabba Gabba. That's amazing, he's like, dude. All the time. And he's and like, they have one of your heroes on the show with you. That's, oh, it, my gosh. It's crazy, I man. Mean, you know, Mark is just like insane genius, you know, yeah. like so amazing. And he's still just knocking out of the park with soundtracks and yeah. music and art. and. So, with this time between the Gabba and now coming back, Obviously, you guys made a new record. Um, Aquabats put a new record on 2020. Yeah. 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 Which was uh, weird. spooky. Yeah, we recorded it in 2019, and then we wanted it to come out. And our first single was going to be Karate Body, which is like, you know, a song about karate. And, <laughs> and then all that stuff went down in the summer of 2020 with violence. and like, Oh, yeah. With George Floyd. Yes. And it was just like, let's just be sensitive and just release it in the fall. Yeah. So it came out around Halloween. But it had already been done for a year. Like, we'd, yeah. had, we'd had the record out, like, finished. But that's, you know, that's it, just the way it is. It, it's, what's, is there a huge difference going from writing, like, GABA songs and writing Aquabat songs? Yeah, I think so. Um, GABA songs are way easier to write. And they have to and, be super rated G. So, you know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and not that, and not that Aquabats are pretty that way. But yeah. Aquabats, we also kind of like, it's, I don't know. It's It's just... It should be the same, but yeah. <laughs> we kind of like locked into kind of a like rock and roll. It's more rock and roll. Yeah, it's yeah, more yeah. punk. It's more ska. It's more, you know, and and you don't want to write, you know, writing songs. You don't want to write the song that has already been written. You yeah. want to be unique and do something you haven't done before. No, totally. And then and and then you're like, well, it'd be nice if we could write a song that the whole world could sing along to, but that's really not going to happen. Let's just write songs. You, like, mm-hmm. it, there's so much more like racking your brain around writing songs with the Aquabats than about Yo Gabba Gabba. Yo Gabba Gabba is easy. Like yeah. just write a rad beat and then something that has to do with something kids need to learn or yeah. any, it could be anything, you yeah. know, like, I don't know, like <laughs> glasses make yeah, me see, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> just, but no pressure. No from pressure. The success of Gabba to write a crazy Aquabats record and all that stuff. Yeah. Different. Yeah, it doesn't carry over. I, I think if anything, there's like we want we don't want to like do the same stuff with Aquabats that we've been doing, but we also we kind of feel like we still have something to prove a little yeah, yeah. bit. You know <laughs> totally. what I mean? <laughs> totally. Because <laughs> when you paint yourself into a corner, like the famous you know Raymond Pettibone picture of the guy like six pack who's painted himself into a corner and he's just like stoked about it. Yeah, you know, I think that's psychologically what the Aquabats have done to themselves. Mm. It's like we painted ourselves into a corner and we just have to like be. Yeah, <laughs> we have to wait for the paint to dry. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And and not in a bad way, but but just we still want to prove to people that like look you can have fun and do this and not take it so seriously. And it's just for fun. Yeah. But at the same time, it'd be cool. if like, wow, the Aquabats wrote that one song that I love. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I know yeah. for there's people out there that do love our music and we, I love them for loving our music. There's probably people fans of Gab that come see you guys now. Oh, for sure. And that, that's been the weird thing about, cause we had the Aquabats super show too, the yeah, TV yeah. show. Yeah. Which maybe Max remembers too. He probably watched it a little bit he probably when did, he was yeah. younger. But like we would have 
like punker guys that would come to our shows, like people that were into ska and punk and then young kids with their parents. Have young kid with their parents. Yeah. You know, and like that thought it was like the ice capades or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I thought this was the Aquabats super show on ice. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they were yeah. going to come out to like a pre-recorded track and like Aquabats, let's go and like <laughs> fight some rubber monster or something. Like, yeah. So when we come out and like CJ Ramon is opening the show or like, That's you know, cool, it's man. like, oh, he's rad. He Have you had him on your show? No, before? I want to. He lives up north. We, we talked a couple yeah. times. Yeah. Just get him to ride his motorcycle down here. I know he, I should. He'd do it. He's playing with the Me First and Gimme Gimme's now, too. He, yeah, he is. He's cool. He's a rad guy. But but you know what I mean? And it's loud and it's like, it's, yeah. it's music. You know, we're like blasting it out there and rocking, rocking out. And yeah. So it's a weird mix of crowds at the Aquabats show. For sure. I have a picture uh, framed to the right of me in my kitchen. I'll post it when I drop this episode. But my son's first stage dive was actually at the Rancid Aquabat show at the Fonda. <laughs> and I think you threw him into the crowd. And we were standing by the side of the stage and you were throwing kids into the crowd. I think you all said like some blow up like pool toys or something. <laughs> yeah. And you looked over and said, is it cool? We're like, yeah, sure. And then I looked at my wife. We turned back and Max is like... This photo was insane. Like my son's flying in the air over the barricade into the crowd. It was his first dive. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. cool though. It's a really good picture too, by the way. It's yeah. so good. I told my East Coast friends that was a Cro-Mag show or something. No, I remember that <laughs> show too because I was at the Fonda. Yeah. And like, you know, LA crowds are a little bit more, you know. Oh yeah. Because they get so much music. I mean, whatever the reason is, like for some reason, LA crowds. Spoiled. They're a little more like, hmm. Standoffish. Prove it to me that you're good. You know? Exactly. And, um. Being on a Rancid tour with Aquabats was tricky because, you know, mm. we're like, Rancid is like, Rancid, they're love Rancid, for real. Man. I love them. My favorite band. I'm, I'm so favorite, yeah. good. And um, we're a joke. Like, we're the Aquabats are a joke. And at the same time, we know how to play our music exactly. and we have you're fun. Real, real and we're a real band. band yeah. But it's, it's less of a like, you know. It's it's a different vibe. So when we come out opening for Rancid, like crowds would be like sometimes a little bummed, you know, like uh -huh. what are these guys doing with my favorite band? Like these yeah. guys are a joke, you know, <laughs> and not everybody. But I remember that show. In but the, Rancid likes you. They brought you on tour. So, oh yeah, yeah. That, that show particularly at the Fonda, the crowd was a little bummed. Like the Aquabats, come on. But once we started throwing kids, it was on. Like, it was on. Yeah, that was there was started, a lot of kids getting well, thrown. <laughs> uh, my uh, <laughs> my brother in law has a son that's a paraplegic, and he has like yes, that was that night. He has two um, prosthetic limbs, his okay. legs, and he came out on the stage. That's right. And uh, and I was throwing kids, and he was like, "Throw me!" And I was like, "Well, all right, you know, I'm not discriminating." So yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> I, I threw him in the crowd with his crutches That's and everything right. yeah okay and people caught him you know it was, it was beautiful man yeah he came was... up to me afterwards though and he says hey christian uh that was fun but not i don't do that again i was like <laughs> okay joey okay joey never again that was a beautiful moment i do remember that but, but joey saved us with the rancid crowd so once 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 you're throwing a kid in the crowd with crutches it's like okay yeah i, I gotta give it to the aquabats that was pretty punk it was a little scary too that was a far throw <laughs> yeah. too the over the barricade yeah yeah, yeah. So Gabba Gab is coming back, and it ended. It ended because he just he ran his course. Kind of, you guys are burnt. Uh, no, no, Gabba. You, you weren't burnt at that. No, point? no, we wanted to keep going. I got you. It, it, Gabba is so mired in like crazy politics. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it was it was doing great for Nickelodeon. Yeah, and it had all these awards, and people were recognize it. But Nickelodeon, because they licensed the show, it wasn't their show. Got you. Do you know what I mean? So, um, there was all kinds of 
That's great for you, though. It's good for us. Uh, Thanks that lady had your back. In theory. In theory. (laughs) Yeah, good point. We still own the show, but we, you know, again, our partners figured out how to spend all the money and not pay us, if that makes sense. Got you. (laughs) So now new, fresh, new. New, fresh. And and we've redid our contracts with our partners. And like, you know, like things are looking good. But it's exciting. But yeah, Gabba was tricky because it was like firing, you know, on all cylinders. And then it just went away. And we've never really been able to explain that. I've never Uh. told anyone why. Outside of just like innuendos and like, I'm sure people are bummed too. A lot of families, parents, oh, yeah. all that. I mean, yeah. and fortunately with streaming TV, you know, there was a way that people could still watch it. But, but even then, as a once a show leaves a network, it's like, uh, it's you have to redo deals with people, and it, it's just real. Pol- it's super political. Has this been going on for these years, or just something more recent? Yeah, uh, it's been like well, since then battling since, the whole time with different networks whole, wow. and different things and trying to get it sold, and then finally Apple came in with. So this many years since the last episode, yeah. wow! Because it's kind of like an option on an album, like yeah, they do options on a show, yeah. So like you, they license the license term is like five years, but uh. then they could they could stop airing it whenever they want got you so that's kind of what happened it's like it stopped it's airing five years but yeah. they still had the rights got to the show so tricky just man. sitting just on tricky, it man. yeah it was so tricky but it's so it was so new for you anyways just a passion you had to make the show you weren't really um you didn't really know the ins and outs of that business or the industry not you come at from all where you come from no so you obviously learn pretty fast and still learning but now it's coming yeah, back yeah and that's why you know uh, would there be a new kind of being an attorney would have been a better job if I wanted to mm. just make tons of money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's who really makes all the money Yeah, is the attorneys. True. And all, in all industries. Yeah, that's right. I, I was trying to think of somebody who could replace, not that Bismarck is replaceable, rest in peace, but the first person that came into my mind was Flavor Flav. Oh yeah. Okay. I just thought about that. If if you had to have somebody physically on there, unless you're gonna have some old footage of Biz, but yeah. Well, we I know when Biz passed away, um, Questlove came out Ooh. and did like a big tribute to him yeah. and said, you know, Biz was my mentor and he took me record shopping and he like, you know, taught me a lot of stuff and so and Questlove's been on the show a number of times as cool. well. We have a good relationship with yeah. Questlove, but that's something we're talking about is you know who could take over for Biz in the beat of the day segment respectfully way and, yeah. and how can we do it in a respectfully way that's not just someone else beatboxing yeah but it's somebody that's like curating dougie beats fresh. or dougie fresh or Ooh. or even if it's like someone in charge that's going out to different people and it's different every time yeah but it's like old school hip-hop or people that we that'd be so cool or just you know, his friends or his peers or people yeah that's so KRS many things. KRS One. Yeah, there's so or, many know, things you yeah. do with that. It's incredible. So I'm sure there's people that, that never made it onto the show back then that, that are still in your mind to have a kind of a bucket oh, 100%. list. hundred percent. And Bad Brains was a, right up there. Like I, even back then, we tried Ooh. to we tried to get Bad Brains on the show, and um, like it was hard. I'm sure. Yeah, it was tricky. Well, they're all spread out across the country as well, right, and different right. people. Yeah, we wanted them to do a reggae song, but you know that would have been. Angela Moore. What was he on there? Um, Fishbone. We haven't had Fishbone on. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Angelo's great. He's amazing. I have him on the yeah, pod. He's yeah. amazing. I've talked to dude. him about being on the show a couple he, times. He'd be incredible, man. He'd be super fun. Um, yeah, so it's, we it's definitely like, wanted the Beastie Boys to come on, woo. and but you know that was before MCA passed away. Yeah, and, man. You know, there, there's a there's a, so many people. Like, there's so many bands. I love so. that it's like you can just 
you can kind of pick and choose, like you choose who you want, one of your heroes, just whatever, you know? Right. I mean, definitely we talked to the Pixies. We, we There's a bunch of bands we tried to get on the show back la- then back then that we'd still love to bring back on. But Yeah, I'm sure you got like a bucket list in your mind oh, or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, even Ween would be amazing. Just cause oh, yeah, I, I remember I, Ween. I like Ween. <laughs> what, 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 what did you do in Pretty in Pink? So, yeah, you know, kid actor. Um, I was like, there's a spot in the movie where <laughs> Andy, who's played by Molly Ringwald works at the record store. Mm. And I was supposed to, I was hired to be this annoying kid that was like always at the record store. Hanging out. Hanging yeah. out. I remember those And kids. so Annie Potts in one of the scenes, she shoots me with a staple gun. Like, you missed my eye by an inch. But what was rad is that week I was I shot for a week and I, there was a bunch of different scenes that now it would be a deleted scenes, but I'm yeah. sure that's that film has been long burned, <laughs> yeah. but there was a bunch of different stuff I did that they had me at this annoying kid, but only a couple of the things made it into the movie. Okay. But it was, yeah, I was that kid that, you know, which I was that kid in my neighborhood too. Like, out the record yeah, store. Yeah. My, well, some of my earliest memories was going to, there's a record store called licorice pizza right around the corner from my house. There's a movie called licorice pizza. Yeah. A movie. I had no, it's named I, after the I record store. I had no store. idea what you just now. Okay. There was a there was wow. a chain of of record stores in the valley called Licorice Pizza, and it, I did not know that. it was I think there was three or four of them. But right around the corner from my house, there was a Licorice Pizza, and um, they they had free licorice at the counter, like they were like these jars of you go Sick. in, you buy a record. Hey, do you want a piece of licorice? So as kids, we would like ride our bikes over there just to like get, get free licorice, free yeah. licorice. <laughs> and pretty soon the kid the people at the record store see us coming and they get out of here you know like go away yeah but that's free like you have to buy something first you know anyway but some of my earliest memories of punk rock and album covers and artwork and oh like, yeah like was from going to that record store so cool and i've told this story before but like um unicorn records did a seven inch giveaway of uh black flag thirsty and miserable and i think what was the other the b side i can't remember but they they did it with a special licorice pizza release gotcha and um you'd go by the door and there'd be all this free stuff like that's where all the flyers were for Mm -hmm. shows and sometimes there was records and so there's like these stacks of and I remember as a kid, we grabbed a stack like this yeah. of Black Flag 7 inches. Wow. And we took them back to my friend's house. And we say, Black Flag, like the the bug spray, you know? And then we listened to it. And I liked it. But it was like, yeah. you know, I was like, yeah. But the older brother who was like into ACDC and Kiss and stuff, he's like, that sucks. It's punk crap, you know? <laughs> and he's like, get rid of it. So we took this stack of um, Bro. Black Flag 7 inches and we rode our bikes to the top of this bank, a parking lot, and we threw them all at cars. We Dude, crushed imagine if you had just one of them. Right one now. of them. One of them, I think, goes for like almost 500 bucks. Like, oh my God. Like dude. brand new, like a brand new Bro. one. That's like crazy. like vi- like a really good good shape. Yeah, and we had a stack, and oh I, I just God, remember bro. like watching them like shatter on cars, and like that was that. kind of fun to do. I oh yeah, we did too. crazy stuff, and I think about that like if my kids did that, I would be so mad because that could cause an accident. And oh like, yeah, think about that. But we like destroyed all these black flag records on these cars on Victory Boulevard in 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 the valley. That's insane. And then man. a couple of years later, when I got into punk, I realized what I did. Like oh my gosh, what did I? <laughs> what, what, what was the seven inch? You remember what seven inch it was? It was it was a special. It's like was a it unit? TV party? No, 
Thirsty and Miserable was on one side. Okay. And um, but it was like a special, just made f- a giveaway. Okay. For um, licorice pizza, and I think so uh, it, there's no picture um, sleeve. It's just like a white that has a print on it. Says like okay, special. That's incredible, dude. Licorice pizza thing. Wow. Yeah, and collectors like, oh yeah, I have one of those. It's worth a lot of money or whatever. I do hundreds of more. <laughs> I threw like at least twenty. <laughs> I mean, it was like a stack. So crazy. <laughs> what, when is uh, when is when is Gabba Gabba coming out? When do you think it's coming out? Next year? Um, next year. Next year. That's the plan. We're gonna shoot in the fall. We're doing. And so you have to come back and do that. You can be going yeah, back and forth. Yeah, that's why I've been going back and yeah. forth. Yeah. Which I don't. I don't really don't mind. I have a place to stay here and yeah, tons of friends and um. But for what it's worth, there is some some peace knowing that like w- financially we're okay there. Yeah. It's, not, it's awesome. You know, yeah. we were able to buy like a little plot of land with like trees and we've been planting vegetables and, you know, homesteading. It's you cool, know. man. This is rad, you know. Yeah. Be, I, I being in the lot, sun, growing yeah. fruit and stuff. You know? A lot of positive things came from the lockdown, I think. Just thought of change, you know. And I think the realization too that life is 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 fragile you know it's yeah. it's right there and like as a kid as a nine-year-old throwing uh you know black flag records at cars <laughs> like almost causing people to die like yeah you know the pandemic helped us real me, me realize like wow you know i need to like take life a little more seriously and yeah and and what am i doing you know per se am i waiting for life to happen or am i like making it happen you know 100 percent. that's a really great point just make, like not stressing about things you have no control but the things you have control of, like getting shit done right getting more motivated and stuff and focused yeah it's crazy whereas like i one of the i guess byproducts of gaba becoming popular was like i was able to get a lot of meetings for other ideas that i've had i was gonna ask you that yeah but nothing's really come to fruition and and like 10 years afterwards I'm like why wonder why why, why haven't I been able to do more from that yeah from that and it's because I'm not doing what I was doing when I made Yo Gabba Gabba just doing it myself like mm. just go do it you know what I mean yeah and that's always been my my mantra but like but in hi- in hindsight this last few years before the pandemic I was just waiting for someone to like give me the green light or yeah. write me a check or you know I'll go make this awesome idea. But you got too comfortable, maybe or not? I think I think um, expectations like were yeah. a little too like. You know, you get a manager and an agent, and they're like, "No, no, no." Do you have all that still? Uh, yeah. Okay. But I'm, but I've come full circle. Like I started with <laughs> like, look, no one's going to give me any money to do anything. I, let, let's you know, let's find some investors or let, like let's find partners. And, yeah. And then they're like, no, 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 we'll go pitch and, you know, use other people's money and OPM, you know, yeah. don't ever use your own money for your own projects. I'm like, well, why? You know, if, if for me, if GABA for me financially ever became like super successful, I would use money to make more stuff. Of course. But why wouldn't you, yeah. you know? But that's your super DIY mentality. Too, that from that punk comes rock. from punk rock. hundred you know? percent. And, and that's why I look back as like, wow, you know pandemic kind of like shook my etch-a-sketch up a little bit it's like let's get back to what we like know that. and that's do it yourself like you just got to do it yourself yeah right yeah it's all the things started everything started for you you know right because i mean i'm sure for travis and for people like doors are always opening like hey will you come you know right. boost mobile pro me you know what yeah, I mean? like, all, like yeah. let me pay you money to like promote my products like that that that's cool but that but maybe that's not my journey. Yeah. You know? Maybe my journey needs to stay like, just keep doing it. 
but that's another thing I can't knock Travis for is he's still doing it. Like he's still he's one of the hardest working men. Working I know, man. so hard. He, he, he loves music. He's like the best. And he loves know? all types of music. Plays at all times of uh, artists. One hundred percent. So I don't. I don't want to like make that seem like I was knocking Travis. No, no. He stays busy. Stays uh, practicing, pushing himself. Yeah. Everything, man. It's super inspirational. One hundred percent. And that's he's a machine. That's man. why he's so good. Like, yeah. It was funny. We were we first were on tour with Blink, um, and. You know, Travis always had a practice pad with him and he was always yeah. practicing. And when we were first on tour with Blink, when they had their old drummer, Scott, like Travis would come out and play the show and would just destroy on the drums, you know? And then like yeah. within a couple of days, I noticed that Scott started doing his practice pad wow. too, you know? Because like, Travis had that impact on people. Like that guy is good. Why? Because he's always practicing. All day, man. Every, it's still practicing, And we were man. in the van driving for hours. He would just be like listening and... Brr, 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 so dedica- dedicated, dedicated to the craft, man. 100%. And, and it paid... And it and it's yeah. changed his life, uh, dude. Yeah, I, I looked at like athletes like Kobe Bryant who were so dedicated to basketball or like what they're yeah. doing. He was such... You know, stories of Kobe Bryant being such a crazy hard worker and it was kind of like people were annoyed by it because he yeah. was like... First guy there, last guy to leave, still I shooting that, free though. throws. That's Travis, man. Yeah. That's why he's so good. Like hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, one mean, of my one of my questions And that's for me, like me not being like that is like, you know, yeah. maybe if I could go out and make more stuff, like be constantly focused. But I bet you, know. you always have shit in your mind, like you always have oh, the things to all do the and time. be creative and and then I sometimes remember to write them down. I was gonna say, do you have, <laughs> do you have any, like daily rituals you do with that kind of stuff or no, but if I get, you know, get an idea or something, I'll just write it down or like do notes on my phone or, um, you know, and I, I used to carry like a notebook with me and like just those like binder notebooks and yeah. just write stuff down in it and, you know, like lyrics or ideas for stuff. And I have like, <laughs> I have like a whole file folder full of them. Wow. Just like crazy things. And sometimes it's just notes from work or phone numbers, but. There's a lot of weird stuff, you know what I yeah, mean? That yeah, just, yeah. Co- it's just coming out all the time, but. So do you have everything written or have everything planned out for the new season already? Not quite, not quite. Um, so the thing with the new show is that Apple doesn't want just a season five and it's been 10 years and there's, there's you know, there's things that we need to like kind of tweak a little bit to make, make it feel like this is Apple's Yo Gabba Gabba, gotcha. not Nickelodeon's Yo Gabba Gabba. And networks are big on that. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. If they reboot something, they want to own that reboot. Mm-hmm. So we're tweaking some stuff a little bit, but not too much. Cause I mean, one of the things I was like with Yo Gabba Gabba, I was like, I, I don't want to change it. It's really good. Like it is, yeah. you know? So we're just trying to figure out how to make it different without making it feel different. If that, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, kind of make, keep it feel like it's, keeps going from it left off in a sense maybe yeah minus a couple of people yeah right but so we have so you have some ideas about that and we're doing some screen tests and like testing some new technologies and stuff oh yeah lots changed since then too yeah as well with all a that lot stuff. yeah i'm stuck i'm psyched for you guys it's incredible man because there's a generation of kids who just missed it for all those years or just hadn't seen any new episodes and now they can it's cool man it's well exciting. you think about kids that were born in during the pandemic too oh, they're yeah. like coming into it by next year they'll be the perfect age group for yeah. gabba and like that's something we're really focusing on with the new show is healing and, um, you know, grounding kids again and making them feel safe and, 
so because there's so man. much damage that I think psychologically is done anxiety, to everybody. Yeah. Everything's going on. Yeah, we're talking about how you know face masks have like hurt kids' um, speech development. Mm. So we're working on speech development stuff in the show, which will be subtle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, now we're doing speech development. No, but, no, no, no. But no. there's ways you can do it in small and songs and things that will be subtle and no one will know. But that's what they, they do. I like that. Man. So we're trying to be focused again how we were in the beginning on the needs of the child. Yeah. Especially now, man, the yeah. last couple of years is brutal. It has to be a hundred percent about the kids. Cause again, if it's for any other reason, it doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. And that comes, goes back to, to, uh, you know, you can't have a suicidal tendencies hat and, <laughs> and vision streetwear shorts, you know, cause yeah, people yeah, yeah. will spot you, you know, and, Kids will spot a fake. You know, you have a kid. Totally. Like, Even how you hold your board, everything, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, that you can't, you have to be <laughs> genuine with what, what your motives are in the show because 100%. the people that really are paying attention are the ones you want to be your, yeah. your fans. Like, you want those people like that are like, hey, I look at that, you know? <laughs> they didn't yeah. cross the streams there, you know? Like, For sure. That's legit. Like, they're doing that right. Um, how many episodes in the season? 20. Wow, that's so cool, yeah. man. So it'll take most of the rest of the year to get those <laughs> that's done. so cool. I'm so stoked for you, man. Yeah, super stoked. To have it back. It must have been a crazy couple of years, and now it's back. It's just beautiful, man. Yeah, it's, And Apple's crushing. It's definitely that's, been a journey, you know. But that's, that's a great a, network. That's perfect, dude. It's... Well, I think they don't necessarily have the eyeballs that Netflix does yet, but you know, it's Apple. Like I watch a lot of things on there. Apple they'll, Plus, all they'll that stuff. win, you know. Yeah, In yeah, the yeah. end, they they're the ones that have the distribution, you know. <laughs> no, totally. That they have they have these you know? know they have all these TVs in everyone's control pocket. and destroy our lives every day with the phones. exactly um what am right? I <laughs> yeah one of my last questions are you optimist or pessimist but I know you're super posy man yeah I am uh, I I think um <laughs> not to <laughs> wax too hard on it but like I I, I want to be I'm half full I'm I'm half full most of the time I got you you know what I'm saying um but I, you have to be realistic about stuff yeah, and realistic. understand, like, you have to see the signs on the road and, like, see where things are going. So no, some, totally. Sometimes the way things have been lately have, have gotten me down a little bit. Well, the last bit. couple of years, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, not, we're not perfect, obviously. Yeah. yeah and, but you, you have to keep going back to what you said earlier, and that's, like, you have to control the things that you have control over and focus on that. Don't focus on the stuff that you have no control over. And that's what I learned in the pandemic, for sure. Yeah. Don't stress about the tours, all that stuff. What I have no control over that, man. Or even like politics or anything. government or anything. All that. Just control what you can control. I can shut my phone up if I want. No that's right. News, all that stuff. That's right. Shut it totally. out. Totally. Get it out of your life. You I know? know, man. And then you you find like you go outside, you get in the sun, you go in the ocean and just it's submerge. Yeah, it's like, okay. Life is beautiful. A lot it of the time so stuff beautiful. in the news made it seem like you couldn't even go outside. And then I would just go outside. I see people walking around. I just I'm like, this is life. This is living. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Like when I walk around to see other people, I'm like, uh, the news said this this city is this or this is that. I went to New York and it was said all the stuff I got there. It wasn't even like that. You just have to get out and live. It's you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yep. and we need each other. Like we need each other. It's we need to connect man. connect. So it's so important. Any messaging that's telling you stay away from people is bad bad messaging. It's crazy, man. And and we're losing so many people too, depression, anxiety, suicide, all the highest it's ever been. All that, man. And kids not going to school and being interactive with their friends and then social media all day long and all the negative aspects of that and those dark holes and 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. scary being a parent, man. It's just, yeah. just scary. It's just the world. It's, it's intense. For sure. That's why I yeah. try to stay positive. I try to stay in my bubble. Hang out. Positive but you are. People. You're a positive guy. And that, yeah. again, I think, you, do you remember Ron Cameron? Like, back in the day, he he rode for Blockhead. And he, mm. he did that. Like, he did a lot of graphics. Anyway, he, he was telling me about, like, skateboarders, like, they have a different way of thinking about things and it usually ends up positive. Like if, if you're skating you're, and you're still skate, you're 52. Yeah. You're a positive person and mm. people need people like you. People yeah. need positivity. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you have no hangups. You're not like, Oh, I can't do like amazing tr- 360 flips. <laughs> and so I shouldn't even skateboard. You nah, know, there's like, some tricks I know not to even try anymore. Yeah, me too. The ones I still enjoy doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, but you're moving forward and, and that's what Ron was trying to say with that kind of progressive mentality that comes from people that skate. Yeah. Is you're moving, you know that if you fall, uh, you hit a rock and fall, you're just going to get up and keep going. 100%. You know? Yeah. So that's what, I mean, we just got to keep sewing that into the fabric of our civilization. It's like, mm-hmm. just keep, let's keep going. We, we'll pick up the pieces and keep moving, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and also, like, not take ourselves so seriously and enjoy life and, live and not stress about yeah. little things because at the end of the day it doesn't really matter there's so many things people stress about that really just like really there's a lot really totally. things, there's so, so many things going yeah. on in the world that it's like yeah. you know it's, it's crazy are you on social media a lot do you check your dms are you um you know we had that podcast jimmy and i had mm-hmm. that podcast we were doing and i i never had my own instagram thing until we had our podcast yeah and i only did it just for like to promote yeah. basically the podcast but now we're not doing it i post on it Maybe once or twice a Does week. Does Gabba have an Instagram? Yo Gabba, we're restructuring it. We're doing it. That we're going to do, do a new one. That's going to crush. And Aquabats, of course, has yeah, one. Yeah, and that yeah. stuff gets posted on there every day. And I was doing that for a long time. But I found like the more I was on Instagram, the like more negative I was getting. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right? You see so many things on there, man. It's yeah. Just, it's... But I, I mean, I, it's even just the like constant flow of images and of then everything. you look down and you're like i've been doing this for 45 minutes if you check your time you spend on your yeah. phone it's gnarly dude. i'm almost dead <laughs> yeah it's like we're too <laughs> what oh, am i, I doing know, I, know. I need to go outside and skate it's or, great to promote yeah. you, obviously your kids are probably on social media right? a little bit yeah but we're pretty we've been pretty strict with like phones like our even our high school kids they don't have internet on their phones oh wow and that's amazing. My 16 year old, we let him get an Instagram account and, I, and like he abandoned it in like two months. He's like, wow. I'm, I'm over it. This is dumb. And he must've seen something that he didn't like yeah. or like something bummed him out. And he was just like, I'm over it. I'm done. And we're, I'm stu- I'm stoked for him. I'm yeah. Like, Congratulations. Yeah. I'm, I'm still stuck in the trap. Yo, my Cause st- I, I do like it. I, I, I like checking in on totally. people and I like seeing what you're doing. I like yeah. seeing what Steve's doing. I, you know, I like my son's barely on. I try to tell him like, Hey, if you're promoting, like he does modeling, so p- post that picture for me, shoot, or I don't know, once in a while, because he's barely on it. He's always just surfing, skating, That's working. That's great, though. That. That's great. Never played video games, drums. He's so active in other ways. Yes. But also, if he is trying to promote something, like, hey, just, just post that or something, but he's never. So that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, just outside yeah. living, he's a Cali He's going to do great. He, he, he's you, already man. doing great. But he'll, He's focused. He, yeah, but he, he's got, you know. He's got a great foundation where he comes from. And the fact that he's you, his age and he doesn't hardly do social media is, yeah, that's treasure. That's he's cool. only one of his friends who's straight edge of all his friends too. That's amazing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, I was just like him as a kid. I was just, 
hyperactive skateboarder. You know what I mean? It's knock on some sort of wood. But yeah, I'm very <laughs> yeah. lucky though. You know what I mean? For Micah. It's crazy <laughs> that we don't own our children. Like we, we created them. We, we raised them. We instill compassion and love and everything we can. Then we just, they just go, we don't own this. They just go. They just go let them go. World. It sucks. Yeah. Like that leaving the trees, that leaving the nest syndrome. I have that. I always talk about this podcast. How Billy Alex lives at home. I was like, man, you can stay home as long as you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awfully di- different world, but um, I love having my son home. It is, I don't know. That's great. I know, it's crazy. 100%, yeah. My daughter went off to college a couple years ago, and it was like- Was that hard? Super hard. And now and now every time she comes home, we're like, like just stay. Just don't I go know, back. man. She's like, I have to. I'm like, no, don't. So I think she's actually going to move home this summer. She's going to so move back. So is it just you and your lady at home now and no kids? So my wife- and I have, five, I have four kids. Wow. So my wife and then my daughter is in college. My son's, my, my oldest son is in Virginia yep. and he's doing a mission thing. And then my, my two younger boys, I have a 16 year old and a 12 year old. Wow. Yeah. And they're like way into like soccer. Like they're big That's soccer cool. guys, you know? So we, get we, at home. That's great. we yeah. watch all the like premier league games That's and cool, we like, you know, really into the champions league right now. And, That's and cool. Are you a big soccer guy too? I never was growing up, obviously, but from now, from my kids, yeah, they cool. got me into it. I'm, I'm way, loving our kids get us into stuff. I'm so dude. into it now. It's I'm probably cool. more into it than they are. Like I'll wake up at four thirty to watch games sometimes. Wow. You know, like just oh, it's this cool. is an important game. But and I was kind of like that with basketball for a while, and then I don't know. I just kind of burned. I get, I get burned on stuff. I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, but I'm really into soccer. It's still new. It's still new to me. You know, mm-hmm. right? That's cool. Yeah. I love to skate with you sometime. Yeah, we gotta skate. Yeah, a surf. I mean, I could try to. We again. gotta surf. It's too cold we right surf. now, but yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Do you, Do you know Tim Shaw from back back yeah, east? Ensign. Yeah, 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 Ensign, yeah, yeah. Tim Shaw. Like he, he surfs com- out there in Asbury. He comes right, out yeah. here sometimes and surfs too. So That's maybe cool. next time he's out here, we'll get all get together. I love that. I also want to give you your hair props because. I have a hair envy, but your hairline's perfect. You have a good head of oh, hair. Oh, thank man. you, thank you. Have you have good hair, man. I got my uh, John Joseph uh, Cro-Mags <laughs> Age of Coral. Uh, you do, check you out, yeah. dude. You do, man. You got good hair. My though. buddies and I, you know, we were in the punk, and so we were doing all kinds of different hair style. But when uh-huh. Age of Coral came out, and we saw his fade on the back, Ooh. we're like, "That's it." And like I've always had that. <laughs> The John Joseph fade ever since. That is so incredible. <laughs> Shout out to John Joseph, my brother. That's amazing. Yeah. She kept that same cut. Oh, man, I love it. East Coast vibes. I mean, I let it grow out sometimes, and it gets a little like I've uh, seen. Mark Mother's body. Did you have a beard, too? Yeah, yeah, I grow yeah, a yeah. beard sometimes, but I always go back to the... the I love to, it, man. ...to John Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you I'm reading his here, book man. right now, too, which oh, is yeah, pretty one? amazing. Uh, the first one. The first sick. one. Yeah. Amazing. You know what's even sicker? There's an uh, audio book. It's so long, like for long drives or flights. Is it's he reading? Is he it's reading? Incredible, it? man! His he, voice. Is his voice. Oh, I, I want to do that. That's cool. It's so cool because you, you feel like you're there. You know. Yeah, I just finished um, "Set the Boy Free," the jo- the Johnny Marr story. The, oh wow, the Johnny okay, cool. Marr book. That's a really good one. Okay, like I don't know if you're into the Smiths or not. No, but like, Smiths are cool. It's cool. It's cool to hear the story from basically the guy that started the band, like yeah. the, the guitar player. He, he doesn't get as much credit. Okay, but it's cool to hear his his story. Like anyway, it's that's interesting. cool, man. Because so he's an amazing guitar player. I try to. I try. I gotta step up my. I reading, love man. reading books. Like yeah. I, I love it, but it takes so long. It does, know? man. I'm reading like four books one at one time. And you have a good attention span. Uh, I don't know about that. It's I'm hard, pretty man. sure I have ADD. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'll if you ask anyone that I work with. They'll be like, "Oh yeah." Christian, all my friends say that. But I never, I never diagnosed, but all my friends say that too. Yeah. But I don't know. I I can't focus on a book, man. It's just hard. I know. I I know it's good for me on my brain. You know. Yeah, it's good. It's good for you. Yeah, but I yeah, 
I fall asleep faster now when I'm reading mm, books. At nighttime, and yeah, that's nice. I read in bed and like I'm out mm-hmm. in like two minutes. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have a hard time sleeping, but it doesn't seem like you're like you're super healthy. Like you eat right. And- I'm on a juice cleanse right now, fourth day right now, and no food. Oh wow! So I'm gonna end that how pretty you doing? soon. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty over it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> ready to ready to <laughs> yeah, go to sleep. I'm just pounding juice, oh, but man. I lost like nine pounds in three days of like water weight, which is crazy right now. Whoa, that is crazy. I, I do it a lot. I gotta do that. I I, I like to torture myself. I fluctuate. Yeah. I was doing intermittent fasting for a little it's bit. It's so good for and you. It's really good. All yeah. my friends do that right now. But I got COVID oh. uh, two months ago. Okay. And during COVID, first time getting it. Yeah. Wow. During COVID, I like I couldn't eat anything. Yeah. Because it Lose ta- your appetite, it yeah. all tasted so gross. I lost Everything tasted like my... metal. I've lost a ton of weight. I lost, I lost my smell and taste too. Fifteen from pounds. It. Yeah. And then and. It was weird because the stuff you'd eat, it tasted like so synthetic. I'm like, clearly this is not something that came from nature. Like, no, 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 like no. conspiracy theory. It happened to me too. You can call call me a conspiracy theory if you want, <laughs> but like, if you've been sick before and then you had COVID, you, you know that like this is this does not feel like it comes from the earth. Like this is like it's very strange. It's plastic. It's like a a synthetic. It was like a synthetic sickness. You know yeah, what I mean? Did you lose your smelling taste? I I, lo- I got weird taste. Like yeah. I, I lost. Some, uh, I had my smell, but the taste was like plastic. Everything tastes like burnt plastic. Like everything. It's all good now, though. Except for like fruit. Mm. Fruit tasted beautiful. So I only ate like a little bit of fruit every day. I lost fifteen pounds. It's so weird. But then when my taste came back, it was like a ve- came back with a vengeance, and I just wanted to eat everything because I was kind of emaciated from yeah, not I lost, eating. Yeah, I lost all weight too. So then I ate a lot of carbs, and then I got I fell off my wagon a little <laughs> bit. You know, I couldn't smell a taste up for like almost seven months. That's I, insane. I just got it back like a couple two months ago, and now I have friends who like don't drink, who love coffee. They can't drink it no more. It changed the taste of coffee for them. Yeah. My wife was smelling weird oil like uh, car fumes when she wasn't in her car. Yeah. And we looked up online. There's all these like lingering effects of it. You can get like different weird things. Yeah. Right. And like car fumes was just clearly like a toxic smell. <laughs> yes. If you're smelling toxins all the time. That's something I never had before. I know. Come on. I know. Where I does know. that come from? It's crazy, bro. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to get into that because I don't. Because sadly, like. Oh, man. When we were in, when we were punk rockers, which we you know, still, when we, still back are, in the bro. day, and you're questioning things, and you're questioning authority, that's that's right on. I know. But nowadays, it's like you if you start questioning stuff, it's like it's political. You can't do it. It's so weird. It's to, that's to me that's a weird sign of the times but, too. It's like, but 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 why can't you question stuff anymore? Why can't you? Say what you mean and mean what you say. Like, why not? Like, yeah. And if someone disagree with you, that's cool. Like, just disagree. Yeah, it's fine. I have friends who are into all different things, 100%. Oh, right. But th- th- that's the difference between what the internet, internet world and real life is world. Yeah. Here's a real life conversation right here. That's right. Adults talking about things. But online, you, you never win an argument on the internet. And there's all kinds of stuff. And everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a platform and all that. And it's just, that's a different and, world. And dude. to me, uh, like, we look at, you know, it's been what 20 30 years since we were punkers like yeah. throwing black flag records at cars like <laughs> like what are those kids online that are so militant about everything what are they going to be like in 20 years are if they're running the show in 20 years are we all going to like live in camps or what you know like yeah. your mind has to go there like you have to go 
you know, we don't, I mean? not, we don't know. That's scary know. to it me. Scary. That's scary. It's, it's like it's way different. The kids man. of today that are so like fiercely narrow-minded is scary to me. Yeah, Do you, don't you think? It's a different. It's a different world, man. It is. And calling someone narrow-minded might sound like a hurtful statement that would get me canceled. But it, it's not all of them because there's also it's not. Yeah, it's a lot not. of people, a lot of kids in my son hung, hang out, hung out, hangs out with. I was telling a story the other day, like back in the day, people would get called. Uh, 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 you know, derogative term like they say like gay or fag yeah, to yeah. somebody. Now my friends are calling people homophobes and they're stepping to people who you know what I'm saying it's, it's just a different it's a yeah. different generation that everybody's so united and everybody's all equal, which I love that. And there's, there's a lot of kids like that. There's a generation of positive kids who are trying to make the world a better place. All this sure, thing. yeah. But then there's also kids online who like to take it like, too far, like the Rat Pack and can't try to cancel people in 24 hours and then go to the next person and. You know, and yeah. try to flip on people for their opinions. It's yeah, that makes me nervous. It's, it's but, a different world. But yeah. you got your, you know, you get to your point. There's real life and there's yeah the internet. This is real life, me yeah. and you. And your son is like hardly ever online, so like yeah. he's gonna be running the game when when you know in yeah. t- twenty years you got mass. There's a lot of people talking on the internet, but there's a lot of people doing things off the internet. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, you know what I'm saying that makes that, me feel better. That's a difference. <laughs> All right, and talking and then doing shit. You know what I'm saying? Never so, mind, everybody. I'm just no, I, I'm just I feel saying, great. Though, but no, this I, is I, your right. concern as a parent, as a, as a person in this world, as trying to do something positive with everything you do. It's like yeah, it's. But this 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 thing this you know the extension of the human body to quote Steve Jobs that's what he wanted to do right you know what I mean this thing's scary but it also promotes cool things you're doing you know shows yeah. whatever you're doing you know but yeah and it can be a teacher and and help teach good things and mm-hmm. you know and then hopefully we're doing a part two for sure yeah we should we're doing a part two no, I know I'm taking yeah. your time off. we're gonna do the canceled episode. <laughs> 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 Wow. Stuff. We, if no, we, we if we really like open the the can, you know what I mean. But like, no, I really appreciate you being here. I'm really stoked for the Gabba Gabba coming back. It's exciting. Um, this is long overdue. Thank you for all your contributions to the world, and how you help so many people with you. music and positivity. To ch- to children, man, it's awesome, man. And we got to keep keep going for the kids. You yeah, know? like that's they're going to be running the game. Like, so yeah. hopefully the Yo Gabba Gabba kids. When, yeah, when they're running the show in, in another ten years and they're in charge, that they remember like that we celebrate differences and we celebrate yes. love and we and differences aren't just cosmetic; they're also you know spiritual difference. There's emotional difference. There's mental differences. I love and, it, man. You know we celebrate those things and that's how we create the orchestra of the <laughs> society. I love it. Right? That's a great way to end this. That's beautiful, man. So, beautiful. Thanks, man. Thank you for being you here. You know me. Man. I could keep talking all day. No, I love it. We're doing a part two, though, for sure. <laughs> okay. This is two and a half hours. Wow. Wow. That, that was, was quick. wonderful, man. Hey, thank you, everybody. Thanks, thanks for, for having listening, me. everybody. Toby, you're the man. Bye bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the next one.